Welcome to episode 391 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 391 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm all right, Bevan. We've had sound issues this morning, haven't we? We have, and we're starting early, so I'm missing my swimming. My boys will be finishing off their set in the pool this morning. They'll be oh, did you go swimming with a crew, do you? Well, I've, I set the plan. I have my, my team in the pool. Oh, do so you? they're going to be all upset now. Oh, they'll, be, they'll be heartbroken, mate. Right. I've got someone to blame, at least. Well, you know what I've been doing this week, John? What have you been doing? I've been doing some swimming with myself. Oh, there you go. You I did come... 5K in the water. 5K in the water? Yeah. You did 5K swim? Well, over two swims. Right. Two and a half each swim. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Although I can't go now because I've had my knee injected and the doctor said no swimming. Well, what do I need to do? And he goes, you can't do much. There you go. So, uh-huh. it's not really much fun, is it? No. So, no get fat. I've been doing some weights. Yeah. 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 Huge guns. I yeah, exactly. Great. Great. I'm talking proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwhy.com Your most amazing way to wake up in the morning, team Extreme endurance Your lactic buffer Athlinks.com ah, Social networking for endurance athletes Check out the new site, guys It's just awesome Training peaks It's where you put how well you've been training And SLS try Just look cool It's as simple as that, guys In this week's show, we've got some news We've got Pokemon news But John's got a new section, which I really love <laughs> um, We've got an age group of the week We've got an app of the week We have Yeah, that's all good We've got an interview with Hilary Biscay, recently winner of Ultraman Hawaii. She's always a good, good interview with Hilary. And then we've got our Coach's Corner, mate. No, no, that was just my backup in case uh, oh, I didn't get an You can't be bothered doing that now. No. <laughs> we've got some questions and answers, and we have got some nicknames, which is all good in the hood. Okay, John, news and news is uh, it's going to be kicking off with Ironman Western Australia happened last weekend, and uh, pretty quick day as always. It was a quick day, and... Yeah, just across the board, it was a fast day. So last year, they seemed to have a slow day. This year, conditions were very much on, and it sounds like there were all sorts of records broken on, on age group divisions. But it was, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. We'll start with the girls, shall we? Because we had a sub-nine performance from somebody I haven't heard of before. Elizabeth Lyles swam 57, um, biked 4.58, and ran 3 hours and 37 she seconds. Just under the sub-nine, too. Nice work. Nine, eight fifty-nine forty-four, And it's just off the course record. Je- I think Gina Crawford currently holds the course record, and it's 8.59-something. So she was within a minute of the course record. We know Gina's standards, so... You don't make your money for course records, do you? You know, you should, though, really. Oh, well, yeah, I think you probably should. yeah. This was the one thing that came out of the house travel race was uh, the elites saying, right, we should have, uh, you know, you should do some some preems for the, you know, the fastest bike ride of the day, fastest run of the day, fastest swim of the day, because then you can have... And you're you like, know, who's going to pay for this? Yeah, yeah, we'll just take it off the general money. But like the Philinator, he had, I think, the fastest, one of the fastest bike laps. Oh, uh, did he? And so whilst he was only, you know, I don't know where he finished, he was like 13th or something like that. Yeah, would have got a little little bit for that. And you've got some swimmers in there who might get smoked later on in the race, um, but maybe give them a bit of, bit of motivation. So, yeah, that could be something to do. But great race by her. She's an American, don't know very much about her. Her swim was a little bit off, you know, 57 minutes, but most of the females there um, were not swimming especially fast. But, you know, when you're running a three hours flat marathon at any Ironman race, if you can ride and swim okay, you're going to be running into generally a pretty good position if you're a female. So, John, is the girl who got fourth, is she an age gripper? 
Uh, I would think she probably is. Well done. So we Fourth had, overall. Yeah, we had Maureen uh, Huff, who was first off the bike, rode 4.47. Uh, she had a 9.08. And then Aussie Lisa Morungan in third place in 9.19. As Bevan said, Kira Flanagan uh, did a 9.20 to be first age grouper overall. That's pretty solid. That is sensational with that as well done. That's awesome. 55 swim, 5.10 bike, 3.10 run. Nine twenty forty two. That's nice work. Yes, that's awesome work. Actually, it is very awesome. Okay, and the boy side of things. Boy side of things. We saw uh, Jeremy Dukowitz take the race out in pretty convincing fashion by eight minutes. Uh, swam forty seven, rode four twenty nine, and then uh, ran a two forty eight. That's a solid run. Eight oh eight sixteen. He was pretty pumped coming down the finishing chute. Was he? Uh, it was his fastest time by eight minutes he'd ever done before, and he he was pumped. Stupid Ironman.com here has everybody listed from Australia. Pretty, I'm almost positive Jeremy's <laughs> from France, and yeah, just no, like one guy from Ireland. If they, <laughs> yeah, way down the page. Nice. It's Australia, Ireland. and there's a Frenchie there as well, and New Caledonia. So there's about three people from other countries, and we had Marcus. Tomsky, I th- I can't remember where I th- can't remember where he was from, uh, but it says Australia. Fifty three swim, four twenty seven bike, two fifty one run for an eight sixteen, and he just took out David Dallow, who faded a bit on the run, uh, who was in third and eight nineteen. Which we're just thinking post Kona. No, he he. Uh, I saw an interview with him, and he was on fire, ready for Kona, but he got a virus going into Kona and was just knocked off his feet for you know a good oh, really? three weeks or so. Oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, he. he um, Certainly wasn't making excuses, but he just said the other guys were better. But he, he's only been back training for a couple of weeks, so you normally would have expected him to to crush it. I guess the big news of the day was the two, you know, DNFs of Andreas Raylert who pulled out on the bike, and also Luke Bell, I think, who pulled out on the bike as well. Andreas Raylert sounds like he's still got this um, a little bit of a back issue or some pinched nerve, and I'm not sure what happened to Luke Bell. But those were probably the two of the big hitters. And then also, I was a little bit surprised that uh, well, Jimmy Johnson, was, who was, I think, last year's winner, he was only down there in 15th place. And Eduardo Stirler, who I was picking to have a storming race, was only down in 11th place. Uh, good old guy, guy Crawford, 8.36, faded a bit on the run there for Guy, but still, pretty solid time. Yeah. So, nice work there, Guy. Um, what else came out of that race? We had... Uh, they got happy, happy Tremaine or whatever on our Facebook page, posting, yeah. posting that some dude um, was late to put his bike in and they wouldn't let him put his bike in and couldn't race. Oh, really? I don't know. If, there's always maybe there's two sides to every story, but that, that sounds a little bit harsh. Oh. I mean, you've got to. I, I come up from a point of a race director. People like that are a pain in the ass. Like, yep. you wouldn't believe, like, you have cut off times. And the, oh yeah, we know the, the running s- business. Oh, people who turn up like and we say so, same people every, all the time. And you you give them ten messages saying, "Look, it's going to be cut off in." And you message yeah. before, "Look, it's going to be cut off then." And then oh yeah, um, yeah, can I just get in? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, no. So I kind of I understand saying, "No, screw you, you're not racing." But at the same time, if people invested, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. I don't but have a solution here. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because you can see both sides of the story. You can't, yeah. You, you know, like you can see. The bike rack's just there. It's really not going to inconvenience anybody for somebody to go rack their bike. But then, then if, if you get if, 50 people turning up. That's precedent, yeah. Um, so I kind of see both sides of the story. But yeah. Anyway, pretty harsh if you've stumped up the money, a lot of money to enter, and then you stump up a lot of money to get there probably, and then you can't race. But really, 
you should be onto it. You got all day to wreck your bike. Yeah, it's it's Yes. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, Jombo. Um so we've got to pair this out, Bevan, because we haven't got any other news. Have we talked about Palm Springs? Oh, we've talked about that, yep. We, we all talk about that, but there's not much to talk there. So um so what do, what do you think of the Western Australian race, Bevan? Oh, you know what? I think it's an iconic race on the calendar. Tenth year anniversary. Tenth year anniversary. Well, it's been around ten years. Yeah. Have you done it? You haven't done it? Porno's done it. I think Dave Dwan's done it. Yep, Dave Dwan's done it. If you look at a faster race, it tends to be one to go to. Yeah, Smart Sun, sponsored by SunSmart. I guess that's... Wow, um, what does that mean? Is it like a keep smart in the sun? I think probably sun, sunscreen sort of stuff. Oh, okay, that's good, yeah. Um, um, you swim beneath the no pier? Shark, there was no shark attacks. Oh, that's encouraging. From what I heard. Yeah. Um, they swim by the pier, don't you? You swim on a lap around the pier, yeah. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty... Actually, that must be one of the best Ironman swims out there because the crowds can watch. Yeah. And you'd hear them. Mm. So that'd be pretty cool. I do think that's pretty cool. Starts at 5.45 a.m. in the morning. That's an yeah. early start. Well, it's hot over there. Mm. But you still, as I was saying to other people, it's like, well, it's, uh, it's, it's still going to be hot in the day. So. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, the day yeah. But yeah. I think they've got daylight, so you might as well roll with it. Um, yeah, okay. Next race. You get, to slap, you, get, you get to slap a few shrimps on the barbie after the race. That's right, actually. That's, that's when you finish, you actually, the first thing you have to do, isn't it? Mm. You don't get a rub down. You, you, slap, you want to slap a few shrimps on the barbie, mate? Yeah, yeah. You've been watching the cricket? Yeah. Like, Aussies are killing the Poms. Yeah, Poms. And I have to admit, with this series, I kind of wanted the Poms to win. Mm. I kind of wanted the Poms to come in, you know, because all the sledging and stuff and all the rest of it. And I was kind of deep down, I was kind of, oh, if the Poms can win. But the Aussies are just killing them. And and the thing is, is that I'm kind of thinking, like, it, it was built up to be a really great series. The mm. Poms, your Poms need to sharpen up. Mm. Not even close. You could skin your down trout. <laughs> Next few West Indians, we're coming to get you. Oh, it rained out. We should have had that one. <laughs> oh, John Cricket. There you go. Padded with a bit of cricket. Okay. Uh, it's Palm Springs. John, well, no, the next section is going to be gold. So uh, it's Palm Springs. Elmar Herger took it out. 9.49.40. 30 minute victory over Lauren Collingwood and Alex Succi. And they haven't actually got the sexes here so I can't actually tell you who won the females race but they had how many did they athletes they have 72 it's a few more than some of their other races that's for the full 72 people they had uh, slowest person was 16 do you have an idea of, of what they had overall no I didn't look at that but I oh. think I think that's you know if you're getting a hundred sort of people on the start line that's sort of just getting you're not making money off that but then they've got their half their sprint they've got an Olympic they've got everything so I think that's certainly showing a little bit of growth which is good to see Okay, John, we've got a new section. Oh, why is there no press release on Ironman Cosmo, John? I, I, I was just wondering if there was a conspiracy theory here. Bevan. Okay, I think there is. JFK yeah. landing on the moon and this. Yes. Yep. So it was just interesting. I was looking at the news. I was trying to find news, desperately trying to find news because nothing is happening this week. And I was on the Ironman site and I was like, why is there no mention? What yeah, because last week I couldn't Cosmo. find anything either. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes this, I, I, this does sort of happen with some of these races that are a little bit off the beaten track in terms of location and, and Ironman is, is not directly organising that one it may be you know just running out of contract that they've still got in place but I was wondering if it was that or the fact that an ex-drugs cheat uh, took the race out and they didn't want to sort of promote that because that's going to bring up bad PR potentially I was just interested Oh do you think? Probably not No I don't think that. I think yeah. it's someone forgot Someone's just being lazy But maybe it's one of those times you know sometimes you do something like that where you forget and you realise no one looks at it anyway <laughs> Yeah you know? <laughs> You kind of, you know, one of those things in life you put a lot of work into, and then you go, oh shit, no one actually cares about this. Maybe I shouldn't bother anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Only John and Bevan from my own talk. Yeah. Um, okay, Jonbo, we've got a new section here, and if you've got kids listening, are, are we going to call it this? Oh, probably not. <laughs> John, John's got a new section. 
the Circuit Alliance has been a popular segment of the show over the last kind of two years, yeah. and it kind of faded away. And John's John's got a new session called "If Off Lance." Yeah, we don't want you. <laughs> if you're no, off, you're no good to us. If Off Lance, that's that's the new section, and the reason is, is that Maka went on. He did an interview with Bob Babbitt on Bob's Breakfast when uh, Bob was over and doing the Phuket race. Mm-hmm. And um, talking about Tanya Poor, I actually watched it. Do you watch the interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it. You know, Mick is always inter- interesting to watch. And um, and he kind of mentioned the idea of going one-on-one against Lance, mm-hmm. which then Lance goes, Lance must have found out about this. And on Twitter, Lance mm-hmm. goes, give me a call, Maka. Let's sort this out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I actually just went on Lance's again just a second ago. And, and there's something he's got even here. Now. He's got Greg Bennett, John Ratzin. You know him? No. no. Maka, Chris Leado, Crowey, now we're talking. So, not quite sure what's happening there. Conversation, there's no conversation to view, but maybe this is going even deeper. Maybe more people are getting involved. Not sure. John, your thoughts? It's bad. If off, Lance? Yeah, I get off. I need you. <laughs> well, tell me why. Give me some justification here. If we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this, aren't we? So, I got an email from a guy called Adam Kalugritz, I'll say, Kalugritz. Um, he's got, he's got, he came through and said, look, you know if you're not interested in it, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I don't know if it's a good thing about Lance. I'm not sure what good it does for anyone. It'd be good for PR, but he's dealing with a bad athlete, talking about Mecca kind of getting involved. Um, I wonder what other pros would feel like. Because the interesting thought I had was that, well, look at how people dealt with Michael Vels, Vels, Vels last week. Cosmo, who won Cosmo? Oh, Michael Weiss, yeah. Weiss, sorry. Um, look how the pros responded to him even just racing, mm. you know, and this guy had served his sentence. It's like, Lance isn't even out of a sentence yet, is he? Well, it's a light band, so he's never going to be out of it. Oh, he's screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So then Adam comes back and he goes, I think the thing with Lance is that it's simply a prick to a lot of people and many like myself were convinced that he was clean. As we know, the sport has been littered with drugs use since the very beginning. And I think people are now actually forgetting just how amazing Lance was. I struggle with that whole amazing Lance was. Even with the drugs, his main competitors still followed a similar regime. Yet uh, we don't talk about Jan Ulrich and others in the same way we do about Lance. Lance believes that he could win Kona and Mecca wants the, ch- the chance to take him on the, uh, the distance. I love Mecca, but I actually think Lance would take him out, which I don't think so. I think Lance, Lance gets smashed. Because we're going to assume Lance is a cheat. Yeah. Well, he's a cheat. And even in those documents at the end, they were talking about drugs for triathlon. So... If he's not cheating, how good an athlete is he? He was exceptional. Yeah, but how do we know? He he would he would I, I think Lance would absolutely. How do we know? Out. How do you know he wouldn't do it? We use drugs. Sorry, if he's not yeah, on drugs, before, how do we know? But before he was on drugs, he was incredible. Well, well that's where people, he was good. Yeah, he was. But that's what I think a lot of people forget about that. When he was fifteen years old, he was competitive with like Molina. Dave Scott, all those guys when he was 15. So had he not taken drugs he and had he stayed in triathlon, I absolutely believe he would have been one of the greatest triathletes that there was. Um, you know, he would have been in the, I guess going through sort of the 90s, he would have been in that lessing era, which would have been fascinating to see how would he, well he would have done. But I think without drugs, he would have been incredible. Uh, no, so but now, if he's not on drugs now... Well, if he'd been a professional athlete all the way through there, I still think... No, 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 we're talking about now. We're not, now. We're not saying based on if you've gone down a driathlon path or if yeah. you had, you know, like, but, but, you know, like the race is Mecca against, like, Mecca's still pretty sharp. He's obviously not at the peak of his career, mm-hmm. but but Lance, like, I don't know, the guy's a cheat. He's cheated his whole career. Yeah. You know, and when, when and I don't know he denied I did in the second part of my, my cycling, but let's mm. be honest. And also in that document with the doctor, he talked about drugging in, in triathlon, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So, 
What's the argument? I'm not quite sure what you. Well, I don't, oh, anyway. So I mean, if, if basically what we're saying, if there was a race, Maca versus Lance, how, how do you know if Lance is going to be on drugs or not? But I think Lance would absolutely tell him based off what I saw in Kona the year before last. Do you think he's on drugs then? Probably. <laughs> how can you have the race? Maca put it out there. Uh, do you, what do you say? Okay, so so I, I basically think it's a dumb idea, and I understand the fascination to see what the comparison Adam would, would be love like. It. I'd love to see it take place. Just let me know how long it would go distance. Yeah, but I think uh, when Maca was was at his prime, he would t- probably take him down. Um, but as it stands at the moment, but neither of them at the prime. Yeah, but I think Lance. If Lance was in the same sort of form that he was when he was in Kona the year we, we were there, when he was using drugs. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. What, but he won't be in the same form if he's not using drugs. But that's the, the, but the drug the thing hasn't even come into it. Mac has just said, I want to race you. He hasn't, so he I wonder if Mac will let him use drugs. Well, I don't know. Go and ask him. <laughs> Mac is sharpen up. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think it's, a, I understand the fascination. Okay, so, okay, so the fascination is race. Yeah, sure, if it happens, we'll probably end up covering it because it's what we do. But, John, what are your thoughts on the whole idea of doing it? I think it's a stupid idea. Why? Because he's... If off Lance. As you've said, he's a drug cheat, and I still struggle with the people that didn't realise he was a drug cheat before this all came out. I was like, really? So, yeah, he's just a drug cheat, and I just think it's... Yes, it's going to be lots of good PR, but I just think it's bad PR for the... I don't know. I just think it's a dumb idea. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, like, even if if we went... If he only had a two-year ban, he'd still be in a two-year ban, wouldn't he? Oh, it just depends when you start it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just think just, there's no, I don't think there's a lot to be gained out of a bit of, yeah, crap PR. Some, some people say any PR is good PR, but I'm thinking, no, for, for, for the, for the general, if we want to try to draw more people into the sport, the general public can go, that's a bit stupid. Why are you, why are you racing a drugs cheat? Yeah. So anyway. We'll, we'll get people I, talking. But and Mecca is the king of PR. Mecca knows what he's doing on that front. And look, it's been the talk of the week, really, because it's a slow news week as well. But mm. it's um, I, my thoughts are that, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with John on this. I just don't see what it brings to our sport. I don't see what value it brings. Sure, it definitely will get some PR. And I don't know if that's going to get more people doing triathlon. I'm just not sure if we want to be a sport that opens the door to a dirty athlete. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I know people always say, well, you know, we were all cheating at that time. and you know, But he was pretty sophisticated in the way he did it. And um, there are some people who argue – was it Greg LeMond said he didn't even think he'd even be a great rider if he didn't have the drugs. So, you know, there's a, I don't know, there's a bit of rivalry between those two mm. and all the rest of it. But, you know, like it's, I don't know, like do we really want a guy who's renowned as that mm. to be in our sport? The answer is no. John, you're, but you always say forgive. Well, I'd, be, I'd feel a little bit differently, probably a little bit more differently about this as if he was, you know, he said he's drug cheat and all that, but he's, he doesn't seem to be doing anything about it in terms of, trying to make things better, you know, in terms of going right. Well, I think I he's still got a lot to defend because he's, yeah. there's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, totally. and, and also he he hasn't he claims he didn't cheat in that second part of his mm. career, which a lot of people have kind of, mm. oh, it seems pretty odd. Maybe if if he'd obvious. come out and said, right, this is how we did it, I mean, he has to, it's to some degree, boom, 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 these are people who are implicated and really start to try to help clean clean things up. Then I'd be looking at this slightly differently. But how much do you think he misses the attention? Because the one thing that Lance, you know, he was the man. He was the man. Yeah, he was the man. You know, I remember when Lance was at his peak. Yeah, 
Everyone just loved the guy. He'd and be hating. He'd be hating life, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you know, but it seems like he can't. You know, like a lot of people, if I if I'd done that path, and I got busted. I'd be keeping low, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? And I'd be hanging my head in shame and just yeah. trying to build a life in a little kind of town somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. not Lance, he, he's still trying to get the limelight, isn't he? And, Definitely. you know, Mac has opened this door to him and no wonder he's jumped on board. And and you kind of go, well, oh, I don't know, do we want to be that people who open that door to him? Mm. But you always say forgive. I do, but there's, there hasn't been a lot of remorse shown. Oh, okay. So <laughs> if he went to your parole board, <laughs> nah, you're going to yeah. stay in for another a few years. A lot of years. remorse. <laughs> and that's where, I, that's where I struggle a bit with this. Yes, I am more going down the past, right? You serve your, your two years and you're allowed back, but I want to see a bit of remorse and a bit of bridge building. John, mm. I think Ethel Flunt's going to be around for a while. Right. I think it's going to happen. Do you think Crow will get along with it? Nah. No. I mean, again, I'm sure Crow would be intrigued to see where he would have been at at his best versus Lance at a, a similar sort of level. Granted, you know, Crow would. Um, Crow probably wasn't using drugs. No. Uh, <laughs> Lance was. Yeah. Uh, it would be, yeah, again, it would be really interesting to see where you're at against the best cyclist of all time the, using the drugs. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's. Yeah. So I think he'd, he'd have the interest factor, but I don't, don't think he'd be calling him out like. Oh, on his Twitter, he says he's sorry. Sorry? Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he did make I raised billions on the way, but mm. you know, mm. raised a few bikes, mm. made plenty of mistakes. Sorry about that. Mm. Hey, I made billions. Yeah. Move on. Lance. Crappy topic. If off Lance. Mm. <laughs> it's this week's segment. Discussion of the week, John. We put sports books up. I haven't even looked at it. What, what, what it's gone there? crazy. Oh, it? good times. Rock and roll. Okay, so John wanted to know what sports books, and he was saying endurance, and I'm like, just give me your sports books. And uh, we, well, it has gone gangbusters, hasn't it? Yep, so we won't read them out, but if you're looking for a Christmas present well, for why, why don't we read them well, out? we read some of them out. We're not going to read 45 out. Why or not? Whatever there is. Let's do it. You know, no, it's a not. slow week. Okay, you're going to be late for your doctor's appointment. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're interested in getting some books, so there's heaps up here. Uh, Melissa Uri said uh, Rich Roll, Finding Ultra, Scott Jurek, Eat and Run, Mark Cavendish, Boy Racer, David Miller, Racing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't we go back to back here? This is one person. Oh, wow. Who's this? Melissa Uri. I got that racing through the dark for my father-in-law for Christmas. Do you know what? My book's going to be out in October. Great. They'll be on this list, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You'll be able to take it to Kona. You'll be able to do a signing in Kona. Maybe I should. It was an, e- it was an e-book. Oh, I've been signed with a publisher, John. Okay. Well, I haven't actually been signed yet. I've got two publishers fighting it off, oh, John. Craziness. I know. They're going to me, look, we both really want your book. And I'm like, well, sorry, I've got two publishers. And, they, and so I'm in good, I'm good oh, negotiations both ways, aren't I? Okay. Well, don't yeah. get too greedy. No, I won't because I want a good product, guys. I want yeah. the people who are going to help me do the best job. Good. But yeah. my book, you know, hopefully will be on Marissa's, good. Melissa's book list. Greg Welsh, Heart of a Champion, didn't know he had a book. Andre Agassi, Open, that's a good book. Tyler Hamilton, The Secret Race. Interesting. It's about this guy who apparently cheated for years. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to do triathlon. Turia Pitt, everything to live for. Ultra marathon fire survivor in Western Australia a couple of years ago. Oh. Nice. John Hancock, Mount Snow. He's got uh, he's got the Despicable Me. Have you watched the Despicable Me? Don't think so. Apparently, with the kids. What movies do the kids like? Uh, what movies do they like? Uh, Thomas Loves is. Transformers. So Peppa Pig is a favourite at the moment. Not a movie, but never Peppa heard Pig. of Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig's a big favourite. My daughter used to love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. And when Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Tyler and I went to Melbourne last year, just a bit of dad and dad and daughter time, and uh, we went to the live show. Nice. Yeah. Bar- we- but Barbie, Barbie's quite popular. Oh really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, well John Hancock, he's got uh, Feet in the Clouds by UK Juno Richard 
Asquith, written very well, incredibly well written, um, final running and his journey doing the Bob, during doing the Bob Graham round. I don't know what that is. Anyway, John, next one. Uh, Andrew Kerr, the Flying Scotsman. I've read that Graham Br- Graham O'Bree's book, and he was a great cyclist, and also had to sort of battle with depression and a whole bunch of other things going on. It was a really interesting read. Oh, I saw the movie. Did you see the movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gordo told me not to read the Flying Scotsman. Did he? Yeah, because he said it's, it's, it goes to a place where you don't really need to know about. It's <laughs> kind of really, it's kind of quite raw about the depression. Oh yeah. And and he said, you yeah. know, sometimes you don't need those thoughts kind of injected in your head. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll stay away from that book. <laughs> um, Tim Hemming's got try uh, a life too short, the tragedy of Robert Eakin, or Ink, and the Ghost Runner, the tragedy of a man they couldn't stop. Uh, Richard Swan, it's not about the bike. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what <laughs> gold, gold. Yeah, I couldn't believe. I mean, I've, I've bought several books online in the last week. Michael Yeager's got that as well. Uh, I couldn't believe the amount of Lance books that were on there. I was like, really? Is anybody going to seriously buy these anymore? Well, I couldn't believe it. It'd be funny to read it now with the insight you have, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because I have to admit, it was massive. That book was massive. Yeah. Did you read it when it came out? Yeah. 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 Um, Emily, the Pakuka girl, she's got Lynn Hill climbing free, hands down. She climbed free hands down. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Nadine Voice, a couple of other people had this out there as well. Uh, Ian Thorpe's biography is one of the best I've ever read. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Goran Raven's got Christy Wellington's. Uh, several people, uh, Stuart Dunn included, have uh, Born to Run. Uh, Justin Hewitt's got Lord of the Rings. Have you read Lord of the Rings? No. Oh, I read it. Mm. Yeah, I read it before the movies came out. I thought oh, I'd better read it before the movies came out. It's pretty epic. Mm. It's a big book but Oh it's, yeah It's worth the read yeah. um, Those guys walk And ran for miles And they only had little legs So there you go Gavin Rogers The Crossing with James Cracknell And Ben Foggle 3,000 mile row Across the Atlantic Paul Burrow's got Bounce Now you read Bounce Didn't you Oh it's great Is it Yeah I'm reading it's, The Talent Code right now Have you read that No it's mm. Bounce is similar to that Sort of 10,000 rule Yeah Well maybe. The Talent Code's similar But it's talking about myelin Which is the, the thing The kind of What happens in your body Um Goran Raven's got Chrissy Wellington's Life Well, I have said that one already, but that's okay. It's sitting next to my dress. I've got a pile of books there, and that's one of them, and it's just, I haven't read it yet. Why, why is it not doing it for you, John? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> have you got something against Chrissy? No, I haven't got anything she didn't against cheat. Chrissy. She didn't. Um, I'll do two more, John. Tim Corbett says in Endurance, oh, okay. the story of the Shackleton expedition. Cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Gavin Rogers, The Crossing with James Cracknell and Ben... You dork. Did you do that one as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we listened to each other really closely. We're so Real attentive. Real closely. Uh, what about, have you done Roland Young? Paula Radcliffe, my story so far. Uh, whatever happened to Paula Radcliffe these days? I know she had a few kids. I thought she... Yeah. Well, she'd probably pass it now. Oh, yeah. No, she'd probably... Yeah, she'd be past it. But she sort of um, faded into oblivion rather quickly with... Injuries and kids and stuff and yeah, she was awesome. But I remember Melina saying to me, "Once, once you're not winning, you're out of the spotlight." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I think that's what happens, John. Last one I'll do: Oliver Gasser, "Racing the Sunset" by Scott Tinley. Wow, man, we've got uh, Lisa Kilday, Sea Biscuit. Have you seen the movie? I have a feeling I might have done. So it's pretty good. Mm. Nice, there's heaps of books up there, so if you're looking for something for Christmas, lots of recommendations, plenty of good ones, and yeah, Marco Pantani's book, I should read that, Stuart Dunn, The Life and Death of Marco Pantani. That was the, that was the pirate, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he died of drugs, didn't he? Yeah. No, did he use drugs? 
in cycling? No, <laughs> no surely not. Surely not. <laughs> okay, John, this week's question is it's a good question, actually. I'm, I'm figuring you and I, name will come up a lot. <laughs> Who are the three most influential? Oh, you've just got most influential, but maximum of three. Yes. Okay, well, should we say the three most? Yeah, or okay. so we might only have one. Is Lance one of them? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Based on this week. Um, who are the most influential people in triathlon? You get a maximum of three. And why, John? Can we do this now? No. Okay, your books in. Wait, we haven't done your books. My what? Well, what books are you recommending? Oh, that's good. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit disappointed with my book that I'm reading at the moment. What are you reading? What's it called? It's by Mike Allsop, who is it Life Without Limits, I think it's called. Oh, is that the guy with no arms and legs? No, no. He's basically a guy who's did that did Everest and did. Oh, that's the guy Usana guy I was talking about. Yeah, I haven't got to any Usana bits yet. Uh. Uh, and then I think he goes on, and I think he's going to run seven marathons in seven days. And it's a lot about mountaineering, and it does nothing to inspire me whatsoever. So, what's disappointing about it? Well, just a. I just don't get the mountaineering that the risk of death is so incredibly high. But isn't that the appeal? That is the appeal. But then, like, when he went and climbed his first one down Mount Tasman, which is down south in New Zealand, like he had a maybe a nine-month-old baby, and then when he went to do a one in Chile... So you struggle with the selfishness of it? Yeah. It's like... I have to admit, a very high chance of dying. Yeah, I have to admit, like the idea of climbing Everest when I was younger seemed to appeal to me. But the whole idea that I have a kid and I could die, yeah, is like, well, you know, because people die. I saw them; they had a great, a percentage rate is massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I saw some photos because mm. the bodies just stayed there. Mm. So apparently, it's littered with bodies, mm. and um, it must be really strange, eh? Yeah. So I just, it's, I just don't. I mean, it's interesting, and I, and I understand the appeal and the fascination of having a massive challenge and achieving it, but. Um, yeah. You've got responsibilities, haven't you? Exactly. Especially with kids. Yeah, if you're a single guy and maybe yeah. a single girl or guy, I kind of get it, but struggle with that a bit. Okay, so what do you like then? So that's one you don't like. It's um, a good start. I've got to agree with Bounce. Bounce is really good. I have to check out Bounce. Yeah. No, Although it's really pretty good. much the same thing. Like, does it add anything new? Because often the problem is when you get to a certain area, there's nothing new to the conversation. And, and I'm kind of curious, does Bounce add something or is it just going to be reinforcing probably stuff you probably wouldn't read? add a lot to what you've already read as well. It's sort yeah. of like that myth of talent is, is yeah. you know, you've got to be in the right, have the opportunity and you've got to have um, the the coaches around you, do yeah. the hard work, do the 10,000 hours uh, and, you, and you'll get there. So Although that was good. I, that one I was reading about, what was it the, the um, sports gene? And uh, sports science gene. Oh, come here, I'll find it because I've got it. But it's um, that was a really good book. Some great recommendations coming out of it. <laughs> uh, you hit us with a couple, Bevan, and then I'll try to think. Oh, wait, I'll put up something. my Audible account. Wait a second, my box. Um, keep talking, John. I should have prepared better for this. I have a few. I'm reading oh. one called The Righteous Mind, John. Oh, yeah. And this is about how people are divided by politics and religion. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, actually, because it's talking about how we get set in our own ways and, and how it kind of why we do this and how it happens. It's a very good book, actually, because I'm trying to make sure I'm a bit more open-minded. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's a very interesting read. It, yeah. um, the Naughty Reindeer, that's a good one we've got at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. What happens? Uh, Rudolph's, Rudolph gets sick. Oh, no. And his sister, Ruby, has to take over pulling the reindeer, and Ruby is a bit naughty. Oh, Ruby. Yeah, now I don't, want to, I don't want to spoil the ending. Don't ruin it for me, mate. <laughs> don't, don't spoil don't, the ending. Don't, don't, don't ruin it. Let me guess. It all turns out all right? 
It does. Slinky Malinky's Christmas. The Sports Gene. That's a very good book, actually. Mm-hmm. The Sports Gene, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance. And that actually contradicts some of the stuff that like, the Bounce book will say. Like, it actually shows it shows the example of the athlete who's a 10,000 hour, and then it shows this example of this guy who's a high jumper who, who just at high school one year, like, he wasn't even on the athletics team, and he was just, he was quite a cocky prick, and he was kind of going, oh, you know, I can slam dunk better than anyone. And, and everyone's like, whatever. And he bang, he slam dunk. Turns up to the world champs, like, within the next year or something. At the long jump wins. It turns out he's got these stupidly crazy Achilles tendons, which basically means he gets more jump. And so, but he never really improved. That was the thing. He kind of won it once and kind of didn't really have the most successful career. But, but it's really kind of puts a lot of arguments against some of those things. I really recommend this book. Actually, it was very good. I mean, I do some thought. I haven't got like anything else. John, you meant to do your thought before we do this. Ah, uh, did you do lots of peas today? Yes, I did. Yeah, got yep. all those nicknames sorted yep, out. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What I want to come back. With Jim Henson's book I read recently, which is very good. Richard Pryor's book I read recently. I don't have my Audible account in front of me. Oh, look, you're full of crap. Hey, see, I, 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 just, no, I just did my work, John. Good. There we go. I'm more interested in talking about coffees of why right now. Go on then. Because they've got now milk chocolate covered oh. whole macadamia nuts. Oh, where is this? Where are, where are coffees of why? Go on a Facebook page. I just got a Facebook post that I shared with people. Uh. And. So if you're somebody out there who's not a coffee drinker and you're thinking, how can I support Coffees of Hawaii? Great, longest-term sponsor of the show. Who doesn't like macadamia nuts and who doesn't like milk chocolate? John, if I have a weakness, Mm. I don't do takeaways because, A, why? Expensive. Exactly. Mm. Do you ever do takeaways? Not not particularly frequently, but we do do them. You can drop 20 bucks on a meal for for you and I. More than that. Just for one person, eh? Oh, for one person, yeah. Yeah. You generally spend about 30 bucks. 20 bucks just for, just for a feed does my head in John but I will if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm away from home I will do Subway because it's the one you can kind of go it's healthy <laughs> no, that bread Bevan no because no because I've gone into the more of the wrap because I'm not doing much exercise at the moment yeah so, okay. which is, so I'm, I'm doing, making the healthy choice yeah. but John I do have a weakness mm-hmm. the macadamia biscuits have you had one of those at Subway yeah probably have yeah they're pretty good there's <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with fat uh, there's a lot of butter in those bad boys and a bit of sugar yeah <laughs> there's a lot of fat and yeah. sugar and uh, that's why I don't have them often but I have to admit there's macadamia nuts I love myself some macadamia nuts and if you've got milk chocolate covered macadamia nuts that could be your Christmas morning treat <laughs> we're out on Friday night Where'd you go? For, uh, oh, you did a big weekend, didn't you? We've been out at, at a couple of places. Went to, and, and the the do we're out on Friday night. The food was, Blind was not happy. It was Na- just sort name of and shame. Food. No, I'm not going to name and shame. Come on, name and shame. It was, uh, the the, the vicarage was was not great. Um, Where's the vicarage? Cool, it was a cool place out in Hallswell. Okay, but we needed food. We, need, we needed some more food. Yep. And not enough, or was it quality? Not, not enough. And Blind was. I was okay with the quality. Blind wasn't happy with the quality. She's fussy, but let's be honest. So we had to we had to <laughs> go for a. Uh, for a quick bite on the way home and went to Burgers and Burgers and Beers. Is that good? Uh, it's good, yeah. yeah. Again, you know. Expensive burgers. Yeah, yeah. So, and Phil's going the anti-carb route. Like, here's the burger. Hold the bun. <laughs> <laughs> I can have a burger without a bun. Although when you go to Europe, it's like that sometimes, isn't it? Like I remember going to Portugal. Hold and, the bun. And I was in Portugal and I go, oh yeah, because it's, you know, kind of strange food or lots of pasta. And uh, and I remember thinking, oh, I'll get a burger just because I want something a bit more kind of normal. I go, a oh, burger. And they just bring you out the patty. And mm. there's no bread. I have the lettuce and tomato, but you don't have the bread. So that's kind of weird. 
all you paleos would be loving that. Exactly. Anyway, back to the milk chocolate covered white macadamia nuts. 10 ounce bag for 19 bucks. Whole macadamia nuts from the island of Hawaii, Hawaii. Covered in a delicious milk chocolate from the island of... I need some of these, John. If you want to give me a Christmas present. Made fresh in Hawaii by our friends at the Hawaiian King Candies. Discover 100% sweetness from Hawaii. Yeah, I'm into that. Yep, so if you want to eat Christmas coffee, we've talked about that before. When you eat a nut, do you just crunch and eat or do you kind of break it down with your teeth? Crunch and eat. I'd have to Mm. break it down. I'm having, I'm having the caramello chocolate Different story What do you do there? Then you just suck away the chocolate And then do you suck the one corner And suck out the caramello? No, no, just all in It's funny how we have processes to eating, isn't it? Mm. You know? You know? Okay, we're padding enough now You've got a doctor's appointment to get to, Bevan okay. Let's keep pushing on okay. So coffeesofway.com All the promo codes on imtalk.me Okay, Jumbo. Oh, music I'll put some music on I'll put some music on Here's some music Wait a second Music Age Grouper of the week. week Jumbo Yes Age Grouper of the Week this week was sent through by um, a lady called Mel Yes Does she have a last name? No, she's just called Mel I'm going to say Mel Laurie I think so too I'd yeah. go with that I have a nomination for Age Grouper of the Week Or Mel Uri Oh, yeah Mel Uri Yeah, yeah I think you're right actually Well done um, that you could consider on send this through on behalf of my friend and myself, uh, myself and my friend Catherine Lee. Now, is it Lee or Leah? I think it's Lee. Yeah, I'm gonna go for Lee as well. Lee Fleming completed her first completed her first 70.3 Ironman last weekend at Shepparton, Victoria. She cruised home in around seven and a half hours to be greeted by her husband John and the many members of the. How's that one, John? I'm going to go Camellia. Camellia Triathlon Club. This story isn't much different from any other age grouper, except that she had been supported by her husband and the club members for over 20 years. She has been a supporter. Oh, sorry, a supporter of her husband and other members for over 20 years. She has supported John complete 24 full iron distances races around Australia, New Zealand, and in Kona. He even travelled to Nice, France to support... Um, what is it? Camellia. Camellia uh, members, club members, compete the tough course. John stayed home while well, John stayed home recovering from their last race. There are many tales of how Lee supported Camellia triathletes through their first Ironman races, and on Sunday there were many of those age groupers who were there to support with uh, a few tears in their eyes. At Ship, Lee was racing against the clock on the bike, and although the sag wagon was looming. What's that sag wagon? It's just back it's of the... A, yeah, it's a sweeper. Okay, a sweeper uh, wagon, okay. Yeah. Uh, she stopped to help a fellow athlete on the side of the road who was distressed as she was having a med- uh, mechanical difficulty. A true indication of Lee's humility and care for others. In preparation for this race, Lee discovered that she had broken a broken elbow which made the swim and cycle very difficult. But she, her, her sheer guts and determination helped her get across the line on a day. Seeing her at the end of the race with the medal around her neck was nothing short of inspirational. She has said, never again, but we shall see. Thanks guys, keep up the good work. That is awesome, isn't it? Very solid supporter. Because it is, it, it is, you know, every club has that person who you kind of go, man, I, I couldn't do that myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, everyone has that. There's just someone in your, you know, every, you know, triathlon clubs only work because people are willing to give up their, you know, their precious time. And, 
you know, someone like Lee has obviously spent years just being that person who's kind of supported others to achieve their goal. And her husband doing 24 races around the world. Including Kona, so he's obviously pretty sharp. Mm. You know, like it's it's pretty awesome. And then for her, wh- which I think is really cool that she kind of signed up and did it and obviously had a bit of a you know, tough day at times but got there in the end. But for her to come around that corner and see the people who support her, mm. I imagine that was a pretty awesome feeling. And to stop when she's bloody getting under the pump to, to make the cutoff times. Would you do that? And I don't know, would you? It depends on the importance of the race. <laughs> if it's a medical, it's different. Yes. Mechanical? Yeah. Probably not, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but to stop and help somebody, hats off. Nice work. Yeah. And, and, and sports needs people like, you know, um, Lee, they really do. So, Lee, we love your work. And it sounds like your triathlon clubs love your work as well. So, Lee yeah. Fleming. You are our. Age group, group of the week. week. Love your work. Okay, John, we've got an interview coming up. We'll, we're doing a sponsor first. Uh, we've just done a sponsor, so okay. we'll go with the interview. Interview, we've got lovely Hilary Biscay. Bit of a, she's been on the show a lot, hasn't she? I think this might be the first. first since Hawaii. Yeah, we, yeah. we interviewed in Hawaii a couple years ago. Mm. But she's, you know, she's been around since we started out, really, hasn't she? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember meeting her down in Monica. Yep. She came and lived in Christchurch for a bit too, didn't she? She did, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Those are the days. Okay, Hilary Biscay. Here she is. Right, we're very happy to have uh, one of the favourite guests on this week, recently winning Ultraman Hawaii uh, a couple of weeks ago. Nutbar. Nutbar, getting third place overall as well. Hilary Biscay, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Bevan asked me all these bloody questions about Ultraman, and I'm like, I, I speculate as to what I think it's He's like. full of crap, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can you paint a bit of a picture of what Ultraman's like in terms of the event when, when you arrive over there? Because my, my impression of it is that it's very, very small and it's just basically the af- old school athletes out there just sort of doing it and there's not a lot of interest and not a lot of crowd, but I could be totally wrong. So sort of give us a bit of a picture of what it's actually like. Gosh, yeah, it's, it is definitely small and... Um, when you arrive on the island, it's very much unlike when you arrive for the Hawaii Ironman. You would definitely have no idea that there is an event on. Um, and, but I will say that, and, and that's that's very much intentional on the part of the race directors. I mean, they actually said in our race briefing, our goal is that after the weekend, the you know we'll have locals who say, oh wait there was an event on, we didn't know. That's their goal, is <laughs> to like leave as small a footprint as possible um, and to keep it very grassroots. I mean, it, I think this is very much, this event is very much in the spirit of the original Ironmans that you hear about where, you know, there were 40 athletes, they had their own crews, um, that whole kind of thing. I mean, that's what Ultraman is, but just, you know, double and more the distance. Um, and, but the, the interesting thing is there, there, the local tri community, which is actually huge given the size of the island. I mean, I know you guys have, you guys have probably seen it on Ironman race week. Um, just their local tri community and the events that they put on, they, they have a very strong community and they absolutely get behind the event. I mean, you would be surprised with the amount of people that come out to cheer at the swim finish on day one. Cause that's just down in Cuyahoe. Mm-hmm. Um, day two is very lonely on the other side of the island, but then on day three, again, you know, all the local triathletes are somewhere. They're either at the finish line in town or out on their bikes on the highway cheering you on your run. So, 
um, they do, they do really get behind the event. And that's it's so nice to have because it is a long, for the most part, a long and lonely, um, three days. And yeah, I mean, the roads are open. So, I mean, you're riding through downtown Hilo on day two and stopping at stoplights. And that's just a, and that's just a total gamble. I mean, I spent like several minutes at stoplights, like on, on clip, just standing there waiting. Like I'm in a race. This is super frustrating, but what can you do? And, um, and so, so the, the, in terms of the race organisers, are they maybe to say who they are? And um, is, there, is their motivation out of this is, is is not to make money? Obviously, if you've only got sort of thirty or so people on the start line, so are they just in it for sort of keeping up the tradition and and for just uh, you know spirit of the sport. Well, I think it's twofold. I mean. Look, they're not going to get rich off of this, but they're definitely mm-hmm. making money. I mean, the entry fee is fifteen hundred dollars, and so you multiply that by forty, and mm. then tack on the people that have paid deposits and then pull out, mm. um, and understand that. I mean, for that money, we get, you know, a, a pre-race breakfast, a post-race dinner. There's no aid stations. There's no nothing. Mm. So, I mean. So they're they're making money and there's now selling the license for the race because Ultraman is spreading throughout mm. the world now. So there is some money to be made. Um, but yeah, I think um, they are very interested in in you know having still a very grassroots endurance event on the island and that and that is a big motivation for them for sure. You know, you, you are a professional athlete. I know you've got other kind of revenue income screens nowadays, but you know, like what what is the appeal of doing Ultraman when there is, you know, like no real money and, and the coverage isn't really huge. So like, you know, for yourself where you probably go to an Ironman, make some cash, you know, get a bit of coverage. What what's the appeal? Well, you'd be surprised. Like actually okay. I've wanted to do this race since 2004 when Jonas Colting did it for the first time and he and I were good friends and he came and stayed with me in California kind of on his way to to and from the race and I mean I remember him calling me from from vol- you know from uh from Volcanoes National Park after day 1 like just absolutely in the box and wondering how the heck he was going to finish the thing and really. I mean just hearing about it firsthand from him back Back then, nine years ago, I was like, oh, I have to do this thing. This is amazing, <laughs> you know, because it sounded so brutal. Um, so really, you know, of course, all of us sort of, I think, have that have that, um, that crazy, like, compulsion inside us. And it's just kind of like taking things to another level. For that reason, I was intrigued and was, like, dying to do this race. Um, and so there's that aspect. And then financially, I mean, you're absolutely right, like, as a professional athlete, I don't think that you can afford to burn those matches for a, an event that, that you're not going to come home with a paycheck. I mean, especially the magnitude of this event. I mean, I think it took me a year to recover from it last time I did it. (laughs) So that's not something that you can, that we as professionals can afford to do for free. It just doesn't make sense. Um, but I was very fortunate both in 2010 and this year that, you know, a couple of my biggest sponsors, um, agreed to bonus me for this race, just like they would, you know, on one, on, in one case for a world championship like Hawaii and in another case bonus me like they would for an Ironman. So, I mean, I had to do well, I couldn't just show up and finish the thing, but, um, in doing well, I could actually make money from doing this race. Um, enough that it does compensate for like the physical toll that it, that it will take. And, and honestly, I feel like 
I mean, Ultraman this year got more coverage than some of our run-of-the-mill Ironmans do. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. given that yeah. it was three days, it was like an article in Lava Magazine every day, a recap article, um, yeah. that kind of thing. I think there was a lot of people following it live um, just because it is different than a than sort of a normal Ironman. It, uh, I think it got like even more media coverage than, say, Ironman Wisconsin would, which yeah. is the one that I won. So mm. <laughs> it worked out. So how hard is it? You know, yeah, if we if we compare it to you know an Ironman, um, how hard is the race itself? And and you said recovery is is pretty extreme. Yeah, it's um, you know before I before I did it for the first time, I I knew it would be hard. I figured it would be harder than an Ironman, but I had honestly I had no idea how hard. I mean, it, there's a reason it took me three years to come back. <laughs> like it took me three years to like beat that memory out of my head or for it to fade or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's brutal. Um, I guess it's, if you've ever, I mean, I know probably you guys and a lot of your listeners have run, you know, like 80 K ultra marathons, that kind of thing. So you've got, you've got that, that kind of pain on the last day, but you got to figure you're starting that day feeling like, you know, you've been hit by a truck basically. So that's, it's a kind of like a, the, the, mul- the sort of like multiplying it's a you know perhaps not the like intense intense pain of Iron Man but more of that than you would expect I mean that was the big surprise to me on the first go round was I wasn't prepared for the intensity um, that like for example the day two ride would require I mean it's 171 miles I'm like how hard are we really gonna ride oh no you're gonna ride freaking hard like I mean if you want to ha- if you want to ride with the big boys you're gonna ride freaking hard and I wasn't ready for it and I got dropped like straight away mm. um, <laughs> so this time I was ready I was ready to suffer like big time on the bike because I mean as much as I would in an Ironman which I just had not anticipated um and so that's that was how you know that was surprising to me and and this time, at least, I was I was ready to embrace that. It's it's pretty it's pretty bad. <laughs> do, do you train very differently to Ironman? Um, yeah, obviously, you got to get ready for a longer run. So I assume there's, there's longer runs in there. But but the rest of the training is it drastically different to what you'd normally do? I did a few things differently in my Ultraman block, and the Ultraman block was like well, you know all of two months because I finished my Ironman season in September, so just just over two months, I guess. Um, you know, one thing I did was in September, I did two Ironmans in six days. And I do think that was a good first deposit in the bank um, preparing for this. Uh, I did a 10K swim once a week, which in typical Ironman training would be maybe once every six weeks. So that was a difference for me. Um, I did like another thing I did differently was like back to back long rides because mm-hmm. that's, again, what we have to do in the race. Um, and then I did... Also, yeah, a couple of really long runs. Like one day I ran 50K down the highway, a highway we have at home that's just pretty similar to the Queen K. Um, With me and my three-liter Camelback, just did a point-to-point 50K run. Um, And then a couple weeks later, my husband and I went and ran the Grand Canyon, which is about 48 miles. Um, Really nice. Some, you know, probably about a third of that was hiking, so it was a long day. It was like almost 14 hours on the feet. Um, so that kind of stuff, I think, like those were some key things that I did to really like, like strengthen myself for this kind of event. Cool. So, so the event itself, um, the, the swim, does it go from? Am I right? Does it go from Kailua down to Kehoe, or where does exactly the swim go? Yep. And, and does it have? Is it just all self-supported, or do you have sort of swim boys you have to go around? Nope, no buoys, um, except for there are two just in the harbor at the finish. The start is 
just where the Iron Man is, right? It's got a race you want to organize, doesn't it? You just put a... How can we make it as easy to set up this course as possible? That's how these people are making money. Like, there's nothing to set up. A couple cones at the start on day two, a couple nothing at the start on day one. Like, um, Do they have a finish line? The finish line is like, you know, a few cones and a little banner. so yeah, it's we, we finish we finish in Cuyahoga Bay. So there's a there's a buoy like quite far across the bay. You almost have to like get to the ed- edge of the bay and then you turn in. Um, but there's no there's there's nothing out there. But each swimmer has to have their own escort kayak or paddler, um, mm-hmm. and your kayak then carries like your nutrition. So I believe I stopped about four times to take a gel and like chug some sports drink, you know, I would kind of, kind of set my paddler on a schedule. Hey, stop me every 40 minutes or whatever. And that's, Mm -hmm. that helps a lot. Very good. And then, um, day one bike is from, is that from, from Kehoe round to Hilo or is it Volcano? To Volcano. Yeah. So you do that big climb, um, out of the bay all the way up to the Queen K, um, and then ride out to Volcanoes National Park. Um, And so it's about, it was about like, I think 8,500 feet of climbing and about 93 miles this year. So it's a lot of, um, a lot of ton of false flat. There aren't really oh, yeah. any huge climbs. It's just all like grind. We rode that this year and you got a, a, a long climb to the finish there. So, um, I mean, so, so you're pushing, I assume you're pushing pretty bloody hard on that ride, given that you don't have to run off the bike. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nice. And it's, and it's a total, you know, mind trip because... You know, you're just you're riding blind all day. I mean, I came out of the water first, and so I saw one dude all day. One dude passed me, and um, you know, the people, but the people were far enough back that it's not like my crews can like spot them and, and give me a split because yeah. otherwise they, they would lose me. So you're just riding scared and hard for you know six hours basically. <laughs> is, is it easy to navigate? Like, do you know? Like, is it easy to get lost or? Yes. No, it's not. Not on that stage. Not on that stage. (laughs) Not on that stage at all. There are a couple of tricky bits um, through Hilo on day two where um, I was definitely like, I I had like, they they give us slides with pictures of the turns. Um, and, And I was like, you know, that morning eating breakfast, like trying to memorize the turns. They do put up little arrows at the turns, like, like on the road sign, but they're easy to miss, especially with as tired as you are. So, um, so that, yeah. that is a little challenge. <laughs> and, and then uh, day two, you, you see it's, it's a big bike ride. Um, firstly, tell us a bit about that profile because I'm interested because our camp's going there next year. Uh, so oh, you, you, sort of, you, you loop down, you do a little loop down the peninsula and then you go down to, to Hilo and then, uh, and then carry on from there. So maybe tell us a bit yep. about the, how, how you start in terms of uh, as a group or whatever it is and then, and then maybe a bit about the terrain. Sure. Yeah. Day two, um, is a lot less climbing per mile than, than day one, but it's still a significant chunk. I mean, I think it's still about 8,000 feet of climbing. It's just spread over almost double the distance. So, Mm. um, day two actually begins, um, with a like 20 something mile descent. Mm. Um, and it's always wet and, um, the, there's a like a it's the the race is a non-drafting race but they give you kind of a neutral zone on that descent so everyone descends in a group and it's wet and it scares the heck out of me but I knew this year that I needed to not be a wimp and like be up the front so that I was in a good position when the non-drafting part started Mm. um because basically as soon as the descent ends you make a right hand turn and everything has to spread out Mm. um 
and yeah, from there it's, it's really like rolling basically terrain. Um, you do a beautiful like loop out there, um, you know, on what they call the red road, it's actually no longer red, but it's this kind of like hippie, like colony on this really sort of, um, like lush, like coastline. It's just awesome. Um, I mean, the scenery on that side of the island is insane. It's so, so, so beautiful. Um, and so different than the, than that side that we're used to. Um, so it's very rolling terrain riding through Hilo sucks. I mean, it's a ton of traffic. And when we go through there, it's Thanksgiving weekend and everyone's out shopping and it's super sketchy. Mm. Um, but then, then past, past Hilo, it gets like you get into some big rollers um, on what they call like the gulches, which is this like crazy rainforesty area. And they have these three like huge sort of like gulches that you like descend down into them. And mind you, throughout this whole section, there is little to no bike lane. Mm. Um, I personally would never ride on it by myself. I mean, I'm even scared riding on it in the race where we have a SAG vehicle with a sign saying mm. cyclists ahead. I mean, they can't they can't protect you, but at least people are seeing those signs and seeing mm. A few other riders um, with your camp, it'll be great because at least you'll be kind of in a bunch um, mm, alone. Mm. I super freaked out, and because um, I don't, I don't think people really ride over there in general. Mm. It's not like you see any recreational cyclists out there. Mm. So then, then you get into the the meat of the climbing, which is you basically climb up to Honoka'a, and then Honoka'a you climb up to Waimea, mm-hmm. and Waimea you have a brief reprieve, um, you know, some downhill, fast downhill through oh, yeah. town. Yeah. And then you have to climb up over the Kohalas, which is like on its own, not a big deal at all. Um, but at the end of that day is, is, you know, is a grind. And also when you're hitting it at the end of the day, it's, you know, nine times out of 10, super, super windy at that point. Mm. Um, and then we descend into Javi, which also is for descending wimps like me, really scary um, <laughs> yeah. in that wind. It's super exposed. It's super steep. You know, it's like 15, 16 miles of downhill, fast downhill. Um, and again, with being in, being in a normal race, at least, you know, like the roads are closed. If I crash, like the the damage can't be that bad, but like in this race, the roads are open. You don't want to crash in front of a car. It totally freaks me out. So, um, that that's day two in a nutshell. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning, stunning scenery. So cool. I would love to do it in training and be able to like really take it all in. If anybody wants to come to my camp next year, just pop pop me a note. Um, and then the final day, where does the run go from? It's double marathon? Yep, run starts in Javi. I mean, not far from the bike course turnaround, basically. And you run, I mean, you run the Hawaii Ironman bike course. You run mm. down to Kauai High, up to the Queen K, take a right, and run Queen K back to town. Um, instead of going down... Um, Actually, no, you do go kind of the same way as the bike. You turn down by the the target and whatever there. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, we end up actually in the old airport, which knew some of you probably remember that from like the old Ironman oh, days. Yeah, and we yeah, had yeah. transition there one year. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we the finish line is there in the old airport by the beach. Oh, very good. <laughs> yep. And um, how were you feeling post-race? You know, because right? for you, you've always been a prolific racer and you've, you've been in the sport for a long time now. You know, if I always, you know, how does your body handle these kind of extreme stuff? And, and how does the body going overall, you know, just with the duration of your career? Gosh, you know, the body felt, like, honestly felt um, a ton better this time than it did the first time I did it, which was three years ago. Um, 
And that was one of the reasons that I like was determined to come back because the, you know, in terms of my body and the like, and the duration of my career, I don't feel like it's like a steady decline or a steady sort of steady improvement. It's it's very up and down. Like in 2010, my body was a complete mess. Um, and then I figured some things out sort of nutritionally about like my, my daily nutrition, um, that were really like life changing the following year. And so I got to the point this year where I felt like, my best performances this year were as strong, if not stronger, than the best ones ever in my career. Now, they don't yield me as high a place at an Ironman as they did a few years ago, but I could measure those against my best races and know that I was probably like in my best form ever, if not close to it, which is why I wanted to like really see, okay, how does Ultraman feel um, you know, when I'm, when I'm really going well, when I have, for me, good form? Um, and, and I did find that this year I, w- I did feel a heck of a lot stronger throughout the duration of the race and afterwards. I mean, last time I passed out, like 30 minutes after the finish, I passed out, I was gone. <laughs> um, and basically, I mean, the next day couldn't even get out of bed. I mean, I was like messed up, like wow. big time. And this time, the next morning, I went on the Ironman course, swam half the Ironman course, like was actually able to enjoy my three days on the island, whereas last time I was essentially like bedridden for three days. <laughs> So I think we're ahead of the curve. I mean, I haven't like tested myself. I've literally only been doing easy swims. So it's not like I've like gone out and tried to do a session, but I feel like I've bounced back way better than last time. Nice. Yeah. Uh, in, any advice you'd have for, you know, um, wannabe Ultraman athletes? Because firstly, you've got to do an event to qualify somewhere, yeah. I, th- I think, for, for 90% of the people. Um, any advice you'd have for wannabes? Yeah, I mean... I would honestly, I mean, I would recommend for, for those who are looking for sort of the next frontier, a new challenge. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ironman is still super fun for me. I love going to new races, but there does come a point where I, I know a lot of us are looking for something else to try. And I would absolutely recommend this event. I mean, it's, it's just truly one of, you know, the most incredible race experiences I've had in my, in my whole career. Um, it's just, it's very unique, but it's, very, very special. And yeah, I mean, I, I would honestly, like, I would really, really recommend it. I would recommend, um, probably doing an ultra marathon on its own first mm-hmm. <laughs> before you have to do that on the last day of a very tough race. Yeah. Um, but, but I would absolutely recommend this to anyone who's, you know, who's got the experience and is interested. It's a, it's an awesome, awesome experience, oh. but yeah, you do have to now do another Ultraman to qualify. There were only two first time Ultraman people at the race this year and they were, you know, locals. So they kind of get a special deal. Mm. They were locals who had both volunteered for years on end at this race. So now it seems to be sort of no exceptions to that really Mm. besides that kind of thing. Cool. Um, and before we came on here, we're just talking a bit about, um, smash fest, which is your, your clothing line. So maybe smash fest queen, John, so fill us in a bit on that. And you're also on a bit of a road trip. If any, uh, last minute people want to come and come and check it all out. <laughs> yes. Um, smash is, we call, we call ourselves smash. Our website is smashfestqueen.com. but smash, we have a, uh, we do women's, um, try and cycling apparel. Uh, my business partner is, is also an iron woman and she and I were continually sort of frustrated by our options or lack thereof in terms of what to wear while training or racing. And so we finally, after years of discussion, decided last year we were just going to make it ourselves. And here we are. So 
We have um, our own line. We also have some casual pre- and post-workout gear. And um, it's all available on smashfestqueen.com. We also do traveling trunk shows. So we were in Atlanta on Friday night and tomorrow night, Tuesday, December 10th, we are in Washington, D.C. at Athlete Studio. Um, and people can come and shop and try on our stuff. Very cool. Yeah, it's really cool gear, guys. If you're oh, girls. And, uh, well, <laughs> cool. it, it is girls, but if guys, stuff. guys apparently can wear it if they really want to, can't they? And yes, and, and actually, <laughs> as, a, as a result of... My husband, you know, racing and winning Ironmans in the women's top. We had so many requests for guys' stuff. We had men's ordering the women's tops, cutting the bras out, but we had so many requests for men's kits that we have done uh, a men's try and cycling kit. So if you look on our site down at the bottom of the navigation, there's a men's tab, and you can see we do have a men's cycling kit and a men's tri kit. We have a restock of men's tri kits coming in like today because they're, most sizes are sold out, but they will be up and running again any minute. Oh, God. Pills, can we ask you, um, you don't have to go down this path if you want to, but what's happening with Sutton <laughs> and your thoughts around that? Because oh you, know, you were a part of Team TTB for a while, yeah. Team BB for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just your thoughts. You know, I think um, that the Sato Team TBB breakup was a long time in coming. Um, I started with Brett in the end of 2005, so I had a, just over a year with him be- with the old school Sutton, right before it became TBB. And I mean, to be honest, I think that him sort of, for lack of a better word, selling out <laughs> um, to TBB definitely took some something away from like the, like the 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 nature of his coaching. It took something away from like what makes Sutton Sutton because he was. You know, he did have to sort of play the the game with sponsors and the whatever, and there was someone else sort of controlling it, someone else paying his salary and thus controlling, to a certain extent, how he, you know, related to his athletes. So um, I find it quite refreshing to see him going back to the old school Sutton. Like, and I, and I did see him even make a comment about this somewhere. Now I can just, now I can say, like, my way or the highway, you know, he doesn't have to keep athletes on because they're marketable or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's great. I think that's great for his coaching, for his squad. Um, I think, you know, just from the inside without saying too much, I think that there were some real problems um, for the athletes, um, you know, financially with the, the arrangement, the sponsorship, the sponsorship arrangement. And I think that um, I think people weren't getting paid as they were supposed to and that kind of thing. So. I'm happy um, to see that Brett sort of extricated himself and the athletes from that. Mm. Um, in terms of all of this like rampage that he's on with like the WTC and all of that, <laughs> I think that like I think that like his like sort of the 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 sentiment is sort of you know in the right like place in the right like direction, but the way he's going about it, eh, it's probably not the, not the smartest, mm. unfortunately. He, he's a, he is a, an absolutely brilliant coach, brilliant, brilliant, um, the, the best of the best. But, you know, business-wise, like, I mean, business is not his thing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. And what about your plans for the next, uh, next 12 months? Now, you obviously get it recovered first, but you got any big plans? Yeah. Are we going to see you in Cone next year for the big uh, 2014 smashdown? I will be there for the Smashdown. I will not be, uh, I'm sure I will not be competing in the Smashdown because in pursuing Ultraman this winter, it was kind of like, if you want to race in Kona next fall, you have to be getting points right now. And I was doing this. So, I, I mean, I recognize that, like, 
in doing Ultraman that was that was giving up Kona for next year, which obviously wasn't a ginormous priority or I wouldn't have done Ultraman. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I will be there supporting the athletes that I coach. We just had our first qualifier yesterday at WA. So um, so I'll for sure, for sure be there supporting my athletes and, um, and smashed at a booth in the expo this year, which was incredibly successful. So we will absolutely be back doing that again. Oh, um, but race-wise for me, you know, honestly, I have no idea because – it was such a huge, like took every ounce of my being to get ready for Ultraman um, while balancing like my two other jobs that I could not even think like one minute beyond that race. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> probably like in a week or two, I'll get to the what's next. But um, certainly several Ironmans, just not sure which ones yet. Well, you could be a star performer at the uh, Blue 70 Wetsuit Aquathon Challenge, I think. Oh, you, 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 you can't get her involved with this. I think if she's there, I think she should be doing it. We'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge next year at some stage. <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Well, great to have you on. And um, I think it's, re- it's really really cool to just hear a bit more about Ultraman because we've, we've talked about it a number of years and um, not really known exactly what goes on. So, so it's awesome. And, um, yeah, if anybody wants to check out your websites, fill us in on, on the different websites you've got. Um, my personal website and blog, um, is just hillarybiscay.com and then smashfestqueen.com is our clothing line. Awesome. I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me guys. Thanks Hills. It's great having you on the show as always, mate. Thank you guys. Great to talk to you. I hope I get to see you soon. Well, Bring it on, cool. mate. Sweet. Thanks mate. John, what'd you think of the interview? Great stuff. I was really intrigued. I was, I was interested to hear about some of the course I'm going to be taking next year, which sounds spectacular around Hilo and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So looking forward to that. And It's interesting what she's saying about that they probably do make some money based on the effort they put it to. Yeah, it's still not much. I mean, yeah, yeah 40 times 1,500, you're, yeah. you're not making – I mean, you're making a bit off that, but it's um, – you're not going to – You think you're going to be you know, able to now that the licensing the it, do you think this will become a bit of a, bit of a bigger thing? I'm sure it'll come. It's becoming a bit bigger each year. You know, you've got. Um, but you think we'll, you know, we'll have twenty, thirty, and ten years from now? Well, it'll take some. It'll take something like a bit like the, the the ultra running went a bit crazy once Born to Run came out. I think that's really changed the face of ultra running. Yeah. Uh, so it would probably take something like that, some sort of celebrity person to do something crazy and get get it out there, and then. What um? Maybe. Oh, I had a question that totally went out of my head. I think potentially because you know. You see lots of these, you know, you see things like the, the Marmot and the Tap and stuff in France, and, and they're fairly long things. But I, didn't, I never think it's going to be massive, but it might be a bit of money that might roll into it at some stage and get a few more pros. She did have a great race, didn't she? Mm, she very did. solid. Yeah, very bro, solid. Bloody awesome race. Okay, well, uh, John sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. So if any of you guys out there have been having gut issues, uh, just sort of general day-to-day issues, I had a guy recently who's just wanted to start uh, trying this gut endurance, a new improved high-potency broad-spectrum probiotic, uh, and it's a tablet. It's got 25 billion active cells made up of 10 proprietary strains of beneficial bacteria. This potent concentration of 25 billion active cells works together uh, to, for maximum activity in maintaining a healthy balance of intestinal flora, promotes large intestinal health, intestine health, assists with the digestion of proteins, and has antifungal activity. Uh, so it's only 22.95. You want to give it a crack, and I just think if, first things first, if you got 
nutritional issues going on, you've got to look at that first and foremost at what's going on with your, your general nutrition. And then obviously if you're having race issues in, in races, um, then you've got to have a look at obviously what you're taking in. But this can just sort of add to the mix and help you process things. Probiotics are proven to be, you know, to do really good things for, for keeping your gut sort of moving and, and uh, looking after it. So check it out. If you're somebody with gut issues, extreme gut endurance, remember to use the promo code IMTALK5 and get your gut sorted out. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, if you've got those problems, it's just such a massive restrictor, isn't it? You mm. know, you know, like if it's just hurt performance, and so, you know, this could be a solution for you. So check, check, check it out, team. I'm going to put some music on, John. Sounds good. Here we go. Website of the week, and it's and John's pretty excited. We've got a joke coming up, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. and I haven't read the joke. And, and let's be honest, you guys, when I just said we've got a joke coming up, you're like, Oh no, here we go again because we've never really had a good joke, yeah, and delivery's never been that good yeah. either. Right. But John's talking up this joke, and I haven't read it, so I okay. can't assess it. And I'm going to give him scores on the joke and delivery, okay? Good, okay? So you get two, you get two ways, okay? okay. So that's I'm what we're looking aiming for. Aiming for tens, <laughs> set the bar high, yeah. Okay, Jen Welch, Jenny Welch sent through this one. She goes, Hi guys, I'm an ultra runner and the girlfriend of James Picker. Do we know James Picker? Yep, do we? Yep, how do we know? He's just been a regular contributor to the show. Oh, James Picker, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> sincere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an avid, an avid listener of I Am Talk James BFFs we are I have a website of week recommendation But technically it's an iPad app That's To help right. with running form Oh we, we said website of the week And it's an app of the week oh, Stuff that up. Let's rewind and start again yeah. It's called Coach's Eye This app allows you to record an athlete running Then play back the video With the options of pausing at any time And breaking down frame by frame In a user controlled slow motion Whenever desired it even gives you some basic tools to draw on the video to uh, analyse various angles, body lean, strike, mechanics, etc. It would be a great tool for anyone looking to work on their form, but especially for coaches that work with athletes far away. This app also gives coaches the ability to record a voiceover while they're playing back and draw on and analyse any video and then share that video with others. Athletes could simply record a video of themselves running, send it to their coaches who loads it into coach's eye, then the coach sends it back to them with uh, full analysis and tips for improvement. If you haven't already heard of it, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Here's the website for the app, which is more information. Oh, so it's just a web, website, which is www.coachesi.com. Thanks. Cheers for all that you do. My boyfriend is always talking about how great your podcast is. I should probably also thank you in a direct role for the fact that I now have a cup of coffee from Coffees of Hawaii for French press every morning. I know I'm a lucky girl. Good. Goal. Goal. So it looks like they've got a, um, you can download it from the Apple App Store, but it looks like they've got it in Android as well, which is good. And morning, Joe. Feeling better this week? Maybe. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah the poos are gone. Get some of that gut endurance for Christmas. I Maybe I should. Anyway, so it's got Android and um and um, Apple. Apple. So the other one that I want to add to this, I, I had a, a good a bit of a look through this website, and there's another one that's very similar, um, and it's also free, uh, Ubersense, which uh, does almost very similar stuff. I don't know if you can do voiceover and things like that. Voiceover is good, but... Sorry? Voiceover is good. Because mm. like, like, let's say you've got an athlete, 
And uh, the problem is you want to tell them stuff, so you've got to write it up or you've got to be there when you talk them through it. Whereas yep. you can do voiceover and go, bang, bang, bang. Okay, so look at the website if you're lean here, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And you can send it through, so it saves you a bit of time that way. But I've used UberSense, which looks, yeah, for, in similar. terms of functionality, almost looks the same. Very, just really good because you can just do it live on the spot, either with the iPad or the... Um, yeah, iPhone. iPhone, uh, and it's awesome. Yeah, you can just you can do little angles, just draw lines and stuff. And yeah, for for athletes' point of view, I've now got some athletes starting to send me their stuff. They can send me the 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 Ubersense Ubersense link, and then you can sort of download that stuff and have a look at it. So it's uh, it's very good stuff for for coaches, and also it is good because one of the problems that you know, like with my runners, is that. That they don't get the awareness like it's so easy for a coach to look at someone and see the major faults I've got and and, and you know especially for my runners because they tend to be newer runners they're pretty, always pretty obvious and pretty clear and you'll tell people about what they should be doing and what they should be feeling but if you can give them that visual aid they go oh shit I didn't realise you know and you kind of give them that visual aid and it just helps them to to see the things that you've probably already reinforced to them so I've got a, an athlete I've suggested um, goes through the, the swim. We're going to talk to Paul Newsom from Swim Smart oh, next great. week. And I've said, oh, look, maybe just for a little bit of a, an off-season little focus, have a little period where we just go through um, one of their DVDs and just work on that a bit. And she said, oh, well, I can't, I'm not going to get any feedback as to whether I'm doing it right. And she's got a boyfriend who's a, a husband, actually, who's a triathlete as well. I said, well, just get him to come down and video you. And, yeah, it's not perfect. It's not like having a coach on the end of the pool saying, right, do this, do that. But at least you're going to get some feedback and using a tool like either Coach's Eye or UberSense, you know, you can get instant feedback, you can go back and have a look, then you'll have that visual of what you're supposed to ideally look like um, from the whatever resource you're using, then you can actually look at what you, you are doing and you can make a bit of a comparison. So these, yeah, there's, there's a number of these apps out there and these are two of them uh, and can be, be really valuable. And if you're a coach, it's just so easy now if you're at the, the track doing a run session, yeah. you don't have to carry a video camera and then download it. It's just boom, video it, and, and it just you can import it straight away and just do some quick angles. Say, right, change this, do another 400. Look, yep, good, then you're away. So yeah. good tool. Really good tool. Thank you for that. Um, Jenny Welsh. Jenny, you rock. Okay, joke of the week. I haven't read it. Okay. Okay, I, so I just Googled this one because I was, I was so short of content and I didn't have the interview. I don't think joke of the week's the first thing you should go to. Oh, I was really short. We've got other segments we could do. We could do Let's Talk Crap. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that probably better than Joke of the Week. We've done that pretty well. So I even just Googled this one. I still thought Triathlon Jokes. Oh, you thought Joke of the Week? Yeah. Wow, yeah. desperation. Okay, here we go. Dear Abby, I've never written to you before, but I really need your advice. I've suspected for some time that my wife is cheating on me. I see the usual signs, the phone rings, and then, then when I answer, the caller hangs up. My wife has been going out for... The girls with the girls a lot lately. Although when I ask for their names, she says, just some friends from work, you don't need to know them. I try to stay awake to see when she comes home, but I always fall asleep. I think deep down, I just didn't want to know the truth. Last night, she went out again. I decided to, to really check on her. Around midnight, I decided to hide in the garage behind my road and mountain bikes so I could get a good view of the street when she arrived home from her night out with the girls. When she got out of her car, she was buttoning up her blouse, which was wide open. Disappointing, John. She took her panties out of her purse and slipped them on. Oh, no, it's not looking good. It was <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good sign. It was at that very moment, crouching behind my bike, I noticed a slight crack in the down tube, two inches behind the headset. Is this something I can fix myself, or should I take it back to the bike shop? <laughs> no, it's okay. Very good. Con- it was from Concerned Cyclist. <laughs> okay. 
I'll give you. I thought your delivery was good. Mm-hmm. Punchline at the end wasn't that sharp. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Your delivery. Um, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. it. But you kind of could see where it was going. Right. So I'll give the joke a six out of ten. Delivery ten out of ten. Uh, maybe eight point five. Could could improve. Okay. Could could do but, better. But probably your best yet. Good. Okay. So nice. well done. Sponsor John. Spot. Uh, why don't we just do? Or do you want to do questions and answers? Just do questions, and we'll chuck it there. And then. Questions and answers. A good old Tim has sent through coach's comment. Any good tips on increasing your swim cadence? My swim stroke apparently looks like my arm is about forty-eight strokes per minute, and I've been told I need to be more around sixty-five to seventy to get to swim around an hour. Any suggestions? Well, I'm not having suggestions right now because that's the exact topic we're going to be doing next week with uh, Paul Newsom on the show. <laughs> why did I read it? I was just waiting for you to finish so I could butt in there and just say, this is our next week's topic. Again, trying to fill up the show. <laughs> so why you put a segment in saying, this I'll is do the next one talk right now where it's going. Adam Ilton uh, says, asking about Jack Daniels, which we've talked about before. Me just not. wondering if you can provide some more information about Jack Daniels running formula. Heard it for the first time on the latest podcast, 357. That was a little while ago. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, I was going through some all my files trying to find information. Anyway, we've talked about that. My other question relates to nutrition. Um, In two of our podcasts, we had the guys from the high-performance sports science sort of team here in New Zealand a little while back talking about, you know, hydration and things like that. Uh, He says, John, what will you be using for your nutrition plan and your upcoming Ironman races, hydration and fueling plan? What brands of nutrition will you be using? Keep up the good work, fellas. And here's basically my rundown of my nutrition plan for halves and fulls. I basically do, and you've got to remember, in Ironman, my bike time will be pretty much bang on five hours, maybe a little bit under, hopefully. Uh, and I'll basically be going through around about four bottles of Infinite, which have around about 60, I think it's 64 grams of carbohydrate per bottle. Um, I'll be having a look, then on top of that, we're having some some water as well. So four bottles of Infinite gives me most of what I need. Then I'll be having M's Power Bites um, around about every hour. They're, they're just little bites. have got about 16 grams of carbohydrates in them. The reason I do that is it's uh, not just taking in so much sugary stuff all the way through the ride and give me a bit of variety so my palate doesn't get too you know I'm not drinking high quality wine but you know what it's like when you get to the run and you just can't even stomach another gel sometimes for, for a lot of people so have a bit of M stuff going in there and I've also been playing around with a bit of Generation You Can which is a sort of a Know, sort of a gooey substance when you and I just put it into a little. Uh, How you going with that? You like it? Uh, I don't like the, the taste particularly, but I can stomach it. But in terms of performance, it seems to be working quite well. Okay. So I'll be taking that probably two sachets of that spread through the ride, probably around about ninety minutes mark and around about the three hour mark. Also, I've been taking nodos as well, um, but I haven't really noticed the kick that I was sort of expecting from the nodos. But I take nodos uh, twice through the bike ride, so that's basically my bike nutrition. It's four bottles of Infinite, um, an Ems Power Bite on every hour, a couple of things of Generation You Can, and some nodos, and all that adds up to being a reasonable amount of carbohydrate per hour, probably, you know, at, towards the high end. But I seem to be able to tolerate that pretty well. And then on the run, I basically just take a gel every 5Ks and then supplement that with a bit of sports drink and uh, and, and certainly Coke on the run as well. Nice. That's it. Okay. Uh, Big Chim sent through an email saying uh, vegan recovery drinks. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. I was just wondering if you know of any vegan recovery drinks that don't contain soy. God, that's got to be hard work. Well, the, the, uh, I don't have any... Um, 
recipes here as such but we, we feed our kids uh, I mean we, they, they can't have soy either and we just use uh, oat milk and, and, and we did for a period use um, so, uh, rice milk as well but I think that may have had some soy lecithin in it um, but anyway oat, oat milk's all good no soy in that it's poor fine. buggers um, John are you still doing the recipe book he's just no. wondering oh that's official is it you've actually given up because you've always to this point you've always got oh it's coming one day yeah no it's, we'll, we'll do the odd recipe of the week Although you usually bloody talk over the top of me, so I can't even get No, we don't know recipe of the week. I'd rather a joke, to be honest. Wow. Let's be honest. And the jokes aren't that good. <laughs> so I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, anything else? Okay, John's sponsor. And then we're going to do, we're going to do, what are we going to do? We're going to nicknames. nicknames. Okay, sponsor. Okay, I've just got to pull up Athlinks. And what I thought I'd do, I, because I thought, what was one of the re- more recent Ironman races? And I thought Arizona. And so I just got to be able to make sure I spell Arizona right. And so I'm just plugging in Ironman Arizona. I thought we'd do the first five athletes finishes at Iron, recent Ironman Arizona. To give people a little bit of love. And this athlete site works about a million times faster than it used to. It's so good. I've got it all up. And who do we have on the guy's side? Cam Loss was the first Athlinks finisher there, 905.55. Nice work. And then we had Alex McCroken in 918 Jonathan Ulmore in 923 Aaron Gray in 929 in front of him Jan Vobecki and then the girls side of things we had where am I going here Bevan where am I going here you're going to the girls I am yep the girls how the girls going Uh, genders yes genders what are you doing over there? I'll give my nicknames. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm not helping at all. But I have to say, Athletics rocks, John. Here we go. Here we go. Female 1 to 100. Oh, goodness. I've got, crikey, was there 2,500 people in Ironman, Arizona? Julian Geiger took out the race from Meredith Kessler and Michelle Vestibule. Uh, we had Kate Brooke first in 9.49. Amy Krukow second in 9.59. Mariana Arellano, 10.05. And Elizabeth Nitre in funny ten nineteen. I was building it up. <laughs> you really were. N y i t r a y Nitre. Anyway, solid work. If you want to get on Athletics, Athletics.com. And the new site is super good. And you can uh, just keep track of all those results. Last week we were talking about all the different winners of races. Been and you can lay some smackdown. To be honest, we've been in the process. We've we've been on ethics for years now, but I'd be wondering if they've changed the kind of sign up process. You know, like maybe if you're just new to it, go on and check it out and let us know how you found the process of actually signing up to ethics, putting your info in because you know we did it in our system. You sign up using uh, sign in using Facebook. Oh, so I imagine it's really easy. So if you've got a Facebook account, you just go to ethics. Use your Facebook account and they'll probably have to click a link and they'll be able to get all your information that way. So exactly. check it out, guys. You know, nowadays it is a lot more easier to do those types of, you know, signing up processes. So um, check it get it out. And, uh, and again, and one thing you can do is you can oh, share yeah. all those results with Facebook. Friends. So we've got it in Spanish and... Uh... Can you speak Spanish? Because you're pretty good with your no, languages. I can't speak Spanish. Oh. I don't even know what the other language is. Ukraine. No. It kind of looks like the Portugal flag, but it's... I don't know what it is. Mm. Anyway, it's good stuff. Athletes in Spanish. <laughs> can't, I can't testify as to accuracy or anything like that, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Oh, well, they're Spanish. There's lots of Spanish people, isn't there? John, I'm going to show you a GIF. Do you call it a GIF or a GIF? GIF. 
Well, there's a big argument over that. But <laughs> well, I don't really care. But look at this. Watch, watch this. Watch this. It's a good gift. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. Yeah, it's not very good at podcasting, I know, but look at this. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's solid. That's pretty good. Try that trick. That's pretty good. So what is happening is this guy, a swim coach, he's got maybe a little seven-year-old, six-year-old kind of sitting on the side of the pool. He's got the swim cap and he gets the swim cap in the water and he swishes it around a few times, holds it above the kid head full of water, drops it over the kid's head and it goes straight on. It's bloody hard putting swim caps on kids. (laughs) Well, that'd be a way to do it. When we used to swim in uh, swim squads, we, uh, if you get... Just bored at the end of a session, you get a swim cap and you'd be able to do that, and you sort of wave it up and down, up and down, up and down, and you get it so big that someone could almost jump, could basically try to oh, jump really? on the swim cap. It was cool. What happens when the, when the swim cap breaks? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure your parents love that. Yeah. Although, how much was a swim cap? Not a lot. No, not much. You used to get a lot of swim caps. Okay, John, let's do some, let's do some nicknames. Okay. Uh, Righty ho. Where are we? Paul Tuck, Swindler. Why is this, John? He's from Swindon. Oh, nice. And You like going with location-based nicknames, don't yeah, you? So I, just, I don't know. I just thought Swindler. No, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Oliver McLaren. Have you written these in so I can Yes, I have. Actually, I just didn't save. Um, AI. AI. Oliver McLaren. And artificial, artificial intelligence. intelligence. Yeah, he's got that next level, John. Yeah. Yeah. How did I come up with this one? Scott Leggy Warm. Nice. Why did I come up with Leggy Bevan? Because oh, Leggy Warn, like as in leg warmers. Maybe, leggy, leggy, yeah. Leggy. Oh, why did I come up with that? Oh, it's not very good, is it? No, well, that's okay. I like I'll, the nickname. I'll have come leggy. Back with it. I'll, I'll have a look. Must have been something on Athlinks. Okay. You keep going. I've got Bruce, uh, Andrew Bruce, the explosive Mister Clutch. Mm-hmm. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like it? Like it? I just made up the explosive. Oh, bit. I know why I did it. Oh, you weren't even listening to me. <laughs> explosive clutch or something. <laughs> explosive Mr. Clutch. Right. The reason I came up with it was Scott Warren. Sounds a bit like Shane Warren. Oh, that's a leggy. Oh, the surname okay. was Warren. Okay. I wonder if he knows who Shane Warren is. Well, tough luck. He's <laughs> one of the greatest bowlers of all time. Is he the greatest? Oh, that's just... Because he doesn't have as many wickets, but... When it comes to clutch moments in a game... He was better than Capital Dev, I reckon. Capital, where did Capital Dev come from? He was the highest for a long time. For a oh, long he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Warney was amazing. Oh. Warney was phenomenal. He yeah. was... And, it, you know, test of an athlete's the key moments in a game, and he always seemed to deliver. Mm. He hated playing against Warn. Mm. Mm. Hated it. Yeah. Because he just... No one could... He's just such a good player. Yeah. Uh, James, the saviour, got it. Sort of God. Oh, nice. That's good. I like that. Saviour. This one doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. But I'm going with it. Robert Flynn, the owl without a vowel. (laughs) You know that one? Those generator machines are pretty good. (laughs) I didn't generate it. The owl without a vowel. It's just kind of cool. I like it. It kind of rhymes. And the last one I've got here is, and this this was kind of a forced one. If you remember, we had the website of the week, was it last week or the week before that Buccaneers group? Yeah, yeah. And there was one of the members didn't have an I Am Talk now. (laughs) So she got named and shamed and now she does. Oh, that's good. Elaine Javikan. Javikan? Let's get Apple to tell us. You, you, okay, wait a second. Um, yep, Apple, go start speaking now. Garvican. Garvican. We'll go yep. with that then. Garvican. She was part of the, the Buccaneers yeah, group. Yeah, a pirate type slave person. Yeah. Swashbuckler. Nice. Yeah, there you go. And the Italian stallion. He must be the most prolific. Um, Giancarlo Nissenblatt. 
pretty sure you get the pronunciation right. He donates a significant amount every time he finishes an Ironman. Mate, you rock. And he's just done... But that should be a rule for everybody, actually. Let's make that a rule, the Iron Talk rule. Yeah. When I do an Ironman, how much have we helped you on your journey? Exactly. You know? To finish, or maybe we'll be like, like NPR. Have maybe you ever listened? every time you finish a triathlon. Maybe every time you train. Mm. I think anything over two hours training, yeah. just you know, just a dollar a time. Yeah. Have you ever listened to like This American Life or some of the NPR shows? Because no. in America, they're not allowed to advertise, so it's always... It's always donation driven. Yep. So at the beginning of the show, every so often, oh, you know, this show works because you donate to the show. Yeah, so yeah. maybe you guys, you know, just, you know, every time you know Iron Man, we don't ask much, a thousand yeah, each. thousand each. Yeah, Easy. So much. John. So, and he, he just, he did Iron Man Cosmo the other day, and I think he said he's done seven down, three to go. Oh, he's or, going for or 10. Nine down, three to 12. Oh, he's going for 12? his cut, you need 12. 12. Maybe it was nine down, three to go. Luke Miller, I don't, you know, Luke Miller or something I was talking about, he's, he's going for the 12. Mm-hmm. It's really motivated him. He's like, you know, and I think he's going to try to pop it out in like two or three years. Nice. Just nail it. Mm. You know, rock and roll. Mm. So it's definitely seems to be a bit of a motivator for people. It does. Yeah, it's good times. Um, Jombo sponsors Coffees of Hawaii. Um, get the macadamia nuts. Athlinks.com. Tell us how fast it is to sign up. An extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer or even your gut buffer. Mm. Jombo, question. Well, yeah. I have a question. It keeps popping in it in my head. You ask me permission to ask a question? Can I have permission no, can to ask a question? I, can I ask you? Am I allowed to do that? Put my hand up. You do that with a lot of people. Do I? Yeah. What do I say? Like, uh, um, can, can, <laughs> can I ask? <laughs> what are you asking? Are you going to be crap at my interviewing style? Just, 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 can, I, just can I ask? You, know, you, you might if I ask. Well, because maybe you'll say no. Because we'll fill her in the interview. She might have said, oh, I don't want to talk about Sato. Yeah. So Why don't you just ask a question and say, I don't want to talk about that anyway? Because well, I'm kind of giving her the out. Okay. It's, it's a sensitive area. Okay. She wasn't. She wasn't. She was up in front. I loved it. She kind of said, "Well, then I'll give you money." So, um, Jumbo, my question: Can I ask? You can ask. Um, I can't granted. Um, what was I going to ask? That's got to be annoying for the listeners hearing that tap, tap, tap. Yeah, it's like my, that was my head. Mm. Um, I can't remember what I was going to ask. You meant swimming? You want some swim sets to do, do you? Thirty-one hundreds, forty-one hundreds. I don't know how fast I am. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, swimming was never my passion. And the only way I really made swimming work was, was squads. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind a squad. You know, it definitely pushed me harder and, you know, you kind of get, it was kind of more of a social environment. But I have to admit, I really enjoyed swimming this I'm week. I'm going to be battling the bloody aqua joggers when I go down straight after this. No, you'll be right about now, won't you? No, I won't. They kick in at nine o'clock. It's five past eight. Well, the thing is, for me, Jombo, I could actually go now because I think it might be quarter past. So I might be able to get an hour in before they get there. But, but right, that's a good show. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> the thing is, for me, I remember what I could ask you. The thing is, for me, just ask me the question. As I've been going, I've been going. <laughs> just ask me the question. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Yeah, I know you don't like your swimming, right? Oh, no, got it. Listen, I'm telling a story here. As I'm going, when they got two lanes out anyway, and I've still got a lane to myself. Yeah. No. No, I'll be battling there this morning. I had to have a whole bucket every day. And I was the fastest guy. Like, I'm not a fast woman, but, you know, compared to Joe Public, I'm mm. a bit quicker than most. So this old guy, he, was, he, was, he kind of gave me, gave me a bit of a cheeky insult. Mm. And he, he was obviously a guy who'd swam with his life, but he was probably 60s and, mm. you know, he, he had good technique, but he, he wasn't keeping up for young whippersnapper like me. Mm-hmm, I was showing mm-hmm. how it's done. And, uh, you know, me, John, I have one stroke. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. need anybody medley. Why would you do medley yeah. if you're going to drown? Yeah. That's my philosophy. Okay. When I kick, when I'm doing I medley, dis- I go backwards. I disagree with that philosophy, but carry on. Yeah, well, hey, I went from an hour 10 to 53. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One stroke, I don't even Swim, worry. The swim is short, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I swam like 48. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> anyway, so, the, so this old bugger, 
the Basia's pretty big. I've been swimming for a while. Get mm-hmm. And he goes, To me, you're not, you're not a real swimmer if you don't do four strokes. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I felt like I'm back on your prick. <laughs> he goes, Obviously, he just wanted to bring me down a notch, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just to keep me on my place. Oh, dear. That's a bit sad. I was, I was polite, but I kind of felt like, oh, Look, you, you old prick. Mm. <laughs> Bugger off. God. I don't, I don't wait for a minute between sets like you. Don't you hate that swimming? Is that a downfall of swimmers? Okay. Waiting too long in between their blimmin' sets. Well, swimmers who do that now, if they get shafted, if they, they use a Garmin and they upload it to Training Peaks. Oh, and, it shows uh, up, it does it? Shows you, it just gives you your swim time. So you're, like, you're in the pool for 75 minutes and you get home, you upload it, and you go, yeah, I did 75 minutes, that'll add on to my log, and it'll give you like 52 minutes. That's good. Because I, cause what happened, Jonbo, second day I went swimming, did another two and a half K. You know, yep. that's how I roll, John. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to do the week, week half a K you swims. Mm-hmm. So I did my two and a half K. The guy is very similar speed with me. Now, that's good because it put a bit, a bit of pressure on you, doesn't it? Jeez, that's a pretty good skull, mate. He just scaled a whole glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> he enjoyed it too. Similar speed. What does that make you feel like when you're swimming, John? Bit of pressure? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Bit healthy pressure. Mm-hmm. All good. And, and um, he kind of came in when I was a K into my set. I had 1,500 to go. So good, but he's kind of keeping up for me. I was, you know, I was trying to just drop him a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he'd stop for bloody two minutes at the end of his sets. I'd do my 10 seconds back on. It just depends what you trained for. He might have been doing nah, some hardcore hundreds and uh, needs your recovery. Nah, he wasn't. Okay. He was just pissing around. Well, that's 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 not acceptable. Yeah, well, then, but then you, you, if he caught me, he probably thought, oh, I'm killing this guy. And well, I'm like, having two minutes rest, mate. Just focus on your own training. No, no but what other no, people it's, all about ego. it's all about ego. <laughs> anyway, Jonbo, what's happened yep. with the book? Um, well, I'm going to get all the content ready, and then you've just got to put it all together. Okay, flip me through, and, and I've got plenty of time right now. I'm an okay. ACC. Yeah, I will do. Well, they're not paying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I will do that in the next few days, and then we'll have it ready for next week. Okay, so Jumbo, to you by the end of the week. So we're done sponsors in one year. Jumbo, you said to me last week, you said big weekend coming up. Yeah, you got the book away soon. You had the 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 kindy. Yeah, that's Friday night. Said they not had the what? Saturday we had Saturday was a big session because we had the wine and food festival and then went out for dinner afterwards. Oh, you went out afterwards, mm-hmm. and then Sunday you had it's uh, Sunday as well. Blunders work do on Sunday. Okay, so take me through it all. Mm-hmm. So well, I've got to go swimming and my battery's going to run out. You're plenty of time. You don't, you don't need to screen to tell me your stories. <laughs> uh, Friday we yes we we it was just sort of drinks and nibbles, but not enough nibbles. You know, it was like dinner time. It was like we just got to a point. We need to go get something to eat. And it was like nine thirty at night, so we uh, went got beer, beers and beer, burgers and beers, and yeah. Phil held the bun. And then was this the kindy? Is this the same kindy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he held the He's, bun. Held, how's held it, how's bun. that no cup going for him? What's he trying to do? He doesn't he need to lose weight. I feel he needs to lose a lot of weight. Oh, does he? Yeah, he needs to lose a massive amount. But <laughs> <laughs> he's looking pretty sharp, but oh well. And then sad day. We're at the, he, he threw his no, low carb thing out the window a little bit on. Uh, so is drinking, it, just drinking go and low carb? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, there's some low carb. New Zealand's investing in low carb wines. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, don't about that. It's a wine and food festival. Stinking hot day. Good day. Worcester. Yeah, is it fun? Solid. Big, big crowd there. Yeah. That Did was, you get pretty drunk? Uh, no, not excessive. No, no, not too. Was there many people who got a bit drunk? Uh, there was a few. Just we, we were leaving when it was probably starting to get a little messy. Some guy got evicted and had a little bit of a skirmish. Bit of violence. Yeah, but so, nudity. Not a lot of nudity, a lot of short dresses though. <laughs> and we out for no dinner. Nudity. We no nudity, at all. No, no like naked it's, run. It's pretty civilized. Oh, but pretty come civilized. on! Some people need two beers to get naked. It's not the Oktoberfest. 
And then we went out to Fiddlesticks, and we went Fiddlesticks, which is a really nice restaurant in Christchurch, and we couldn't get a table, but we were at Bay Area. Instead of having mains, we just hammered the whole entrees. It was pretty cool. You know, we like Where's got Fiddlesticks? Everything. It's Old Le Bon Bolly. Oh, yeah, 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 so that was all good. Just got lots of different entrees, and then got some more entrees, and that was all good. So that's not going to help Phil's bloody diet. No, no. And then, uh, God, he needs to lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he has three hundred and forty kgs, guys. Just, yeah. just for the record. And then Sunday went to Chillingworth Road, which was uh, work do, and that was very. But how are you at the work do? Oh, I was pretty well behaved. Oh yeah. What's your, what's your role? Driver. No, but I mean, like, you know, like, because we don't go to Joe Bojo's work too, you know, you got to, although I didn't go this year, actually, I haven't been a lot over the years because our work does always seem to be on the same day, but <laughs> I always, you know. It's a sit down dinner, so it's not a big party thing. Who do you get sat next to? Um, That's the key, isn't it? We were up, we moved around between courses. Because I once went to a work do with one of Joe's work do's. It, it was a really good work do. Her old work used to go all out on work do's. Mm. And I got sat next to this guy who was, was quite overweight, John. Mm. Which I don't care people everywhere, I don't have a problem with that. But then he just picked on the guy who smoked all night. <laughs> he just he just picked on this guy because he smoked and he said, Oh, you're you're costing society. He was quite rude to this guy. And I kind of found out found, you know, and then you know, I wanted to have a go at him because I'm like, Okay, sure the smoker's maybe not looking after himself too well, but I don't think you are either. Mm. And and I, so and there was a bit of a funny one for me because I was like, Do I do I put up the fight and then have a difficult work conversation and it's not yeah. even my workplace? Yeah. Joe's got to deal with that and she goes I know yeah, it ends up in a fist fight so it was a worker not a husband of a worker it was a husband of a worker oh you could have gone down there oh you reckon I should have done it yeah I did I put up you know I put up the defences for the smoker a little bit mm. so you know he's an adult he can make his choices he's going to die before <laughs> yeah <laughs> he doesn't cost his eye he dies smokers do get me pretty infuriated no you need to give that one up John no I don't yeah, do you know it's why? invading my space if they want to smoke fine go for it but when you're invading my space I'm not happy about it how often does that happen uh, it happened at the wine and food festival. Somebody came past me smoking a cigarette. I was like, you cock. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> You're so harsh. You really are harsh with the things you don't like. Yeah. You are, because like me not wearing a helmet once. Yeah, it's... John's hangable got... offence. <laughs> hangable offence. Yeah. Anything else happening? No, what about you, Bevan? I'm going to stand in the surf tomorrow. I've got a three-hour run first thing tomorrow morning. I've got to start at 5.20. And then I'm, I'm Pep Daddy Helper at the beach. I've got a beach day out um, for, for, for school. And I've got to go and stand in the water. So it's going to be my ice bath recovery in the water. for. So you're going to meet them at the beach? Yeah, I've got a bike, I've got a bike out there after my three-hour run. I did that with Tyler. And uh, beach safety day. It was pretty cold, actually, I remember. Yeah. I think it's going to be okay tomorrow. Swimming pool's full. Pretty pumped about that. Nice. nice. Did you get a painter, did you? No, there was issues there, so we didn't get a painter. We just filled it. What happened? Oh, long story. And then yesterday morning, get up, Belinda goes, ah! I said, what? She goes, fucking hedgehog doing laps in my pool. Oh, no. And he was still alive, and he was actually doing laps of the pool. How, how, what kind of clay spits was, lap spits was oh, he doing? 32. 32. Well, it was pretty quick. Yeah. 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 How was the stroke rate? Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Nice stroke rate. Yeah. Well, we have to get Paul talking about that mm. next week. Bevan, what's happening in your world? Um, so we went to Hamner for the weekend. Oh, very nice. We have Hamner. You know what, John? Don't take people to the, to the race there. Pretty disorganised. All oh, right. Very disorganised. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be critical. Yeah. Be the better person, but they're yeah. pretty disorganised. Yeah. 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 Um, but the race was lovely. Was it a big half marathon, or was it a different one? No, the beginning of the year was a big one, and yeah. it's the same people putting on this one. But I think, oh, I think to be fair to them, 
I don't think they realised I was going to sell as successfully as they did, mm. and they weren't prepared for it. And uh, but the race was fine. It was just the organisation before the race wasn't too sharp. Jumbo, um, it was great. He took the runners to the weekend. Uh, that was really awesome. Uh, had a, had a social function set that night. You know what I did? I watched a lot of cricket. Oh, did you? Because I had Sky TV. Oh, okay. What are you doing there? I'm hungry. <laughs> just pulling out Nims power cookie, power bite. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. <laughs> oh, it looks like a biscuit. Yes. They used to be square. They got square ones, and she's got the little biscuit ones. Well, that's a bit confusing. Em, you don't need one. I know. She's got a new one out. People don't like it when you chew in the mic, John. Sorry. She's got a new one out, a new cranberry one. It's awesome. Yeah, I had the cranberry at your race. Mm. It was good. Mm. Don't eat in front of the mic. Mm, <laughs> I'm staying well clear. Have you done your Christmas shopping, John? All done. Really? Even blenders? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me where you got it? Yep, she knows what she's getting. Oh. Got a little, um, a little uh, speaker for an iPhone, iPad sort of thing, you know. Like oh, yeah. She likes having music when she moves around the house, um, like if she's doing some cleaning or just after a shower, getting changed, pumping music. Got one of those. That's, that's pretty good. How much? Well, it's not actually from me, it's from the kids, but I got it. Do you get the credit? Hmm. What are you going to get it then? Oh, nothing. My, mate, my mate's got a, one of my friends, Mrs. Wants Botox. Would you get Belinda Botox? Hmm. If you want it. Oh, you're not going to have two, John. Here's a square one. I've got the apricot attack here. I've had the original power John, this pipe. Is, people don't want to hear you chewing. Maura, Maura from, well, from Ashburton. Yeah. Remember years ago we used to eat peanuts and she told us off? Remember we used to eat peanuts when we oh, did yeah, the show? Yeah, yeah. She said, no, we don't want you chewing on the show. Apricot one. People, Yummy. It's, you're so rude. <laughs> John, I haven't done Joe shopping yet. Mm-hmm. And Joe, Joe, Joe goes to Internet's me like, a wonderful thing. That's why I did all mine. Did you really? Mm-hmm. The internet is a wonderful thing, John. Because mm-hmm. we, we wouldn't be around without the internet. But Joe's done all her shopping. Mm-hmm. You look at, did you see our Christmas tree up? I did. Have you got your Christmas tree up? We've got a miniature tiny one this year. What do you mean, like a miniature one? Yeah. And we're going to Kiteri, So When are you going to Kiteri? 21st. John, did you put your tree up at the first? Of the, what about your kids? It's already up. It's up. They decorated it. A miniature. Mm-hmm. John, that's weak. Weak and you know it. I know it. <laughs> Your kids are going to be deprived. Oh, don't do another one. You know what I love? Chocolate over explosion, third one up. You're being funny now, but when you go to your swim, you've got to go, I shouldn't have had the No, that's one. exactly why I'm having them now, is I need something for my swim. Anyway, so Joe's put the presents under the tree. Our tree's looking lovely. Yeah. Got the lights on, keep them on all day. Do you keep your lights on all day? Yep. Yeah, same I agree, because Joe was like, let's turn them off at night. I'm okay. like, babe. Yeah. She's got presents under the tree. She goes to me, babe, when's my, when's my present going to turn up? Mm-hmm. And I haven't bought her one yet. Mm. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Jeepers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, creepers. That's what I have to put up with. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just want to go swimming. You said we've got to be done by 8.20. It's 8.18. <laughs> yeah, I've got two minutes. Okay. <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's there you go. doctor's appointment. Oh, soon. Well, I've got, I got time. Christmas. I Christmas, could have gone something first. Christmas shopping? Mm. Yep. Anything else, John? I've up. Are you going to get drunk on New Year's? What do you do in New Year's? Um, we'll be in Kaiteri, so just... Do you have friends in Kaiteri, or is it just the family? Family. Oh. You're kind of a bit strong. Somebody's got to stay at home. you got a batch, haven't you? Mm. Is it a good batch? Yeah. Is it a batchy batch, or like a home? Well, it's becoming more and more of a home. All been renovated, mm-hmm. all partly renovated, so that's good. You should take some friends with you. Can't, the family's in, the house is full. 
But tell the family to bugger off. Okay. Well, then you can't go out on the night because the family's there to look after the kids. They'll probably go out. Oh, come on. How old are the family? Parents. Are your parents or are Belinda's parents? parents. Oh, so it's theirs. They'll go crazy. They'll go nut bar. Kids are great. Love them. I was playing, I was playing my, 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 my weekly risk with my mate Duncan and the boys. You I, really want to finish day at 20, don't you? Yep. yep. And, uh, and I had a shock of them. I lost, I lost amateur errors from my mistakes. Oh. But poor Duncan's got a young kid and the kids scream for like an hour. Mm. And I thought, yeah, good reason not to have more kids. <laughs> kids are great. Kids are great. Awesome. Oh, I know. I've had one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again. Battery's gone. Show's got to finish. Okay. Battery's gone. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.